0: You're listening to Oh
1: Yoshi Did it.
0: Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi
1: Why don't you ever Oh be sad
2: Welcome to a new episode, and uh, I can't believe it. I'm here at UC Berkeley with uh, my great friend Sean. Welcome back to the show, Sean.
3: Hey, yeah, it's good. It's good to be back. It's good to see you again. And I apologize. we were recording this for the second <laughs> time. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. Asian guy
2: doesn't know how to use electronic device. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sean, uh, this isn't. This is well. See, but it's not. It's not from your fa- your family. Didn't make it. No. Um, it, I think it's probably China, so... Uh, no, no, it's
2: actually Japan. Oh, it's believe from... A, it's from Manicum, Yeah, manufactured in Japan, uh, China, but it's owned by a Japanese company. So...
3: Did you understand how to work half of it?
2: No.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm, just, I'm, I'm glad I'm here because I break the stereotype. I was terrible at math. So yeah. you were very generous when we did the podcast. You you, you
3: know... <laughs> yeah, I was a generous. <laughs> we we sat in my apartment and drank whiskey for two hours. like It was a... It doesn't require anything. But we we, we met
2: in Stockholm at Big fan Comedy yeah, Club, yeah, and yeah. three weeks in a row, I met a bunch of kids from Kit. And Kth, oh Kth, yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, they're mathematicians, scientists, and they all promised to do the podcast. None of them, resp- you know, return my emails. Or yeah, whatnot, but you're the only
3: one, and you also. I was surprised no one else wanted to. I was I, when I when I talked to other people about this. I was I tell them that story, and I was like, well, of course I said yes. I love attention.
1: Oh. <laughs>
3: like what? what are you, a fat girl? Wanna, well, I'm a
2: fat guy, <laughs> so. Well, I mean, is it, isn't that a stereotype that the fat um, girls? like no, 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 no. No, the scientists okay. and mathematicians uh, they don't have sense of humor. I don't think that's the case at all.
3: Is that a stereotype? Oh, uh, they they have
0: senses of humor, but it's weird.
3: Yeah, uh, I I think it's more that people who work in cubicles don't have senses of humor because mm-hmm. it's been drained out of them and a lot of people think that they're scientists.
2: What mm. way, Sean, could you do me uh, oh, yeah, introduce your friends?
3: Yeah, this is uh, Matt Pancha, he's a graduate student at UT Austin. Howdy! And this is uh, Eric Peterson, he's a graduate student at UC Berkeley. Hi there. And we're all participants in this uh, special semester at Mathematical Sciences Research Institute, mm-hmm. which is just a cool building where we get to hang out and talk about math and they Put it in this really beautiful place up the hills or up the hill from from Berkeley. So it's a lot of fun. You know when you take lower class kids. It,
2: uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show The Wire.
3: Yeah, 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 definitely.
2: Do you remember the episode when the police chief took a bunch of these uh, ghetto yeah, kids to the, to the a fancy restaurant because they restaurant. wanted to come? Yep. And. They got really nervous and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the way I feel whenever I visit, like UC Berkeley. <laughs> Are you Stanford, worried?
3: Oh. No, no. no, no Are you worried someone's going to give you a test? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to walk up to you and be like, "Ah, an Asian kid. Let me sit next to him during the test to cheat off of him." But it, 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 I don't know what it is like.
2: I, I never did well in school, but um, it makes me nervous. It really does.
1: And uh, I'm, still, I'm I'm really happy that you ain't I've had
3: I have nightmares about high school.
4: It was terrible. It was awful. It's it's not a good place. I'll say that.
3: It's not. It's all terrible things like happened in high school. All terrible things.
4: Well, I don't know about that so much.
3: But. No. Like, I thought all those, I didn't they tell all those people who died in the textile factory building collapses that they were really going to school? That, that was like, it was like at high what? school. For was that your period. high school experience in Detroit? That
4: was. We did a lot of. Textile work. Yeah, a lot of textile um, work. A lot of sewing. Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. This is just a bit that went off the rails. Yeah, good. Sorry.
2: No, but I'm, 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 I really want to thank you guys for inviting me, and uh, I'm, I'm glad both
3: of you joined us. And you know, I don't know what. what thank did you, you tell for me? coming up. Well, no, thank what you. How, you have how did I convince them to do it? Well, I. Oh, he just told us the story yeah. the first time. It sounded great. Yeah. And, and we all have we similar senses of humor, and they enjoyed listening to it. And I said, well. I'm gonna record again with Yoshi. Like, sure. Let's. Are you guys interested? And they were both like, "Yes, definitely." No hesitation. So, no hesitation. It, you know, it's not a
2: huge number, but three thousand people downloaded. I don't know how many of them actually really. Listened to. Yeah, but well,
3: it was two hours <laughs> long. It was.
4: Yeah, that was that was <laughs> substantial. I'd say.
3: I had a friend who said he had to do it in in like different. Sittings, yeah, like see, quarters, me, yeah, something like that. <laughs> In fact, I only made it forty-five minutes through. <laughs> like,
2: I, but that's a little different, isn't it? When it's you, a
3: little different when you're listening. To I don't your voice. like I don't like my own voice a lot. I really don't. But that's that's the
2: norm.
0: Most I think people. that's the
3: thing. Is that? Do you ever listen to yourself record? Yeah, I mean, it just sounds weird.
0: I don't, I don't dislike it though. Mm. But It sounds sound funny.
4: I, I listened to the whole thing in one burst and I will say that I enjoyed it a lot. And I also like that Sean like, he must have said Bousfield localization on a recording for like the first time in history. I enjoyed that a lot.
1: It's
4: groundbreaking. Well,
2: well so the first time... Wait, wait, uh, wait. Hold on. What does that mean? You uh, no, no no, words, no, right?
4: no, no. He said something in the recording and it was just like some archaic, math, uh-huh. arcane math term and like... It's not uh, that arcane. Bousfield's still alive. Well, okay. Sure. I'm just saying... <laughs> This is great. <laughs> it was the first time that that had probably happened, which I thought was kind of funny. Well,
3: so, so, someone's probably said it on recording, just mm-hmm. not on a podcast. Not Never a podcast. on a podcast. That was a podcast. First, Yoshi, podcast that was first. the first time Bowsfield localization had been mentioned on a podcast. And I,
2: I hope you keep doing it because believe it or not, people will listen to yourself. Did
3: people write in about asking about Bowsfield localization? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I did get email like they really enjoyed it, even though they oh, didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't understand half of the stuff you were talking about.
3: I <laughs> well, maybe I, we could give references this time yeah. or something. I don't. Put know. a bibliography. <laughs> a bibliography <laughs> oh, for the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, what? What? What's your background, and why did you get into mathematics? Besides the fact that you're good at it.
4: Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. But uh, let's see. I'm. <laughs> um, I'm from New York, and I went to uh, school at Stony Brook, which is a school out on out Long Island. It's a state school, and. Um, I went into college with the idea that I wanted to be a physicist, like a theoretical physicist, because I thought that was romantic for some reason. And um, I started doing a bunch of physics, and uh, along the way I was like, well, I'm going to have to take all these math classes anyway, so I might as well get a, a minor. Sure. And Then that turned into a major, because I took a bunch of these things, and then, and then, uh, well, I sort of got more interested in math than I was in physics, and Did I had to- Did that surprise you? Mm, yes, because I- <laughs> I was a terrible. I hated math in high school, like a lot. Oh, that's funny. Um, mostly because I had a sequence of, like, well, they're probably not listening to this, so it's it's okay. Um, <laughs> a sequence of very bad math teachers that, that did not like me at all. Um, here's what a, if your mom posts this on Facebook. Is she friends with any of your high school? No, math I mean, there's <laughs> this is very low stakes. I think it's okay. okay. <laughs> um, here, here's a here's a short story. One time, I got suspended um, for attacking my math teacher with a stapler. And it, it was an accident. And th- this wait, is wait, just wait
2: wait wait. Well, how is that accident attacking somebody? Uh, okay a stapler? okay.
4: Because you know you you do the thing where you you take a stapler and you open it up and yeah. then you can like press it and it shoots out. Oh. Okay. Right right right. Yeah, yeah. So like I did this thing. I was just like fucking with it. And uh like I pressed the thing by accident. And it somehow the angle was such that it like went off and ricocheted all, across off the wall, and hit the back of my math teacher in the head.
1: You delinquent.
4: It hit, it hit her in the back of the head. And um, did it break skin. No, it was, <laughs> it was like 10 feet away somehow. It was like, uh, so she was like, uh, and I was like, oh, immediately I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. And I like apologized for She's like, get out of here. Go to the principal's office. So, so I went. went for, for over that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I ended up getting in school suspension for a week um, <laughs> for like assaulting a teacher. <laughs> My-
3: uh, <laughs> for, so you could you had to go to school every day for a week. Yeah, and, and you I couldn't
4: go. To could class. not go to class. I had to like sit in a little room, and people would like bring me my work, and that was it. It's a really dumb system, but anyway, uh, that was my experience with high school math, like sort of in a nutshell. And I went to went to college, and you know, like I said, I was doing this physics stuff, and I started doing all this other math, and I, I liked it a lot. And it got to the point where, like, in order to graduate, I would have to do some like long. Nine-hour-a-week electronics lab in physics, and I just didn't give a shit. So I dropped my physics major, mm-hmm. and I decided to just go into math. And um, you from come from a
2: family with the, like math and science background? Not or? at all.
4: My mother is a wedding photographer, and my dad is a civil servant. So he just works for the local awesome. town hall. Um, I will be, well, not not the first, but close to the first uh, doctoral person in my family. Um, does that mean someone else in your generation no, has one? my my, my aunt uh, just recently got a PhD, okay. but she's, she's much older, of course. So in what? Um, I want to say education. Okay. Um, but Then she, obviously yours is better. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say it. Let's be honest. Listen, education is tough. I will never disparage anyone that does it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you yeah, know, that's, that's kind of my story. I, I But from that point, it was just kind of like um, – Inertia? I don't know. A, a lot of this sequence, I don't, I don't feel like I have I have great like, passion for math. I like doing it a lot. I think it's, it's a great thing to be able to get paid to do and to hang out with people that are nice and, and like, t- think about interesting things. But like, I don't think there's some sort of transcendent beauty about mathematics that compels me to do mm-hmm. it. Um, it's just, is, is
2: there like a common characteristic of people who are into math?
4: I don't think so. I, I think
3: no. I've met enough different people. Yeah. I think doing this that mm-hmm. I would have to think there is it's not. It's pretty varied, yeah.
4: There are stereotypes, of course. Yeah, but um, oh, you know, lots of them are true about lots, lots of people. Of, yes, but. Uh, and you know, maybe there are like certain things about math people that, or there's there's certain things that are more common amongst math people. But uh, you know, we're all just. I think it's a it's a decent cross section of of people in general. That's how I feel.
3: I think it's a very surprisingly varied cross section. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Eric is the tallest person I've met that does mathematics. Actually,
2: the two guys that I met from Stockholm—they're yeah. tall like him. They're mathematician majors, and, and, and they're yeah. around here someplace. Stanford, the, or something. Yeah,
3: the week before. Yeah, you were telling me about them last time.
2: And I and then, uh, I was hoping they would contact me, but I'm sure after the show they probably I creeped them out or something. You know?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to go home with either of them? <laughs> no. But I, I'm I'm, uh,
2: I'm so curious about this area, not just. Silicon Valley, but it's it just such a fertile ground uh, area for, you know,
3: Berkeley or, or the Bay or
2: the Bay Area and yeah. Silicon Valley. I think it's. I'm, I'm a LA guy, so I don't know a lot about this area. Mm-hmm. But I find it really interesting. It, you guys are really changing the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah, I don't. Well, Silicon maybe, Valley. Silly, yeah, no, they are. They're they doing are.
3: something. Not, I'll tell you that. I don't argue about that. Just. I think out of any of us in this room, Yoshi. Hundred years from now, you will have had the largest impact out of Eddie. Harris. I don't know about that. I'm pretty, unless Eric opens a really sweet surf shop, I'm telling you, the coffee, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the coffee is going to be great. Yeah,
4: this is this is Eric and I's fallback plan. Uh, we're going to open a combination surf instruction school and coffee shop. I'm going to do when the coffee we,
0: when we fail to get when, professorships.
4: When a lot of things happen, yeah. and uh, Eric's going to teach the people to surf. He doesn't know how to do it right now, but he'll learn.
0: I got time. Yeah, I'm yeah. young.
4: <laughs> what, what, what? What? What's your
2: background? Because Eric, well, first of all, how tall are you? I'm, I'm <laughs> a
0: little bit over six foot seven. Wow. Just a tiny bit.
3: That's really tall.
0: Pretty tall. Upper end of things. So would I, you say
2: you're the best mathematician? Six foot.
0: So we, we seven we, inches tall or taller? No, maybe? I don't think so. So mm-hmm. we just came from a topology talk where the guy speaking was at least six foot seven. and I think he he beats me.
3: Wow. Yeah, he's tenure he's track at
4: MIT, and he's yeah. he's a
3: clever fellow. He's
0: yeah. quite bad. <coughs> so anyway, <laughs> I'm from <laughs> so I'm I'm from Northern Virginia and Southern Illinois, okay. and uh, I got into math pretty slowly. I didn't have any strong interest in like high school or anything like that. Like I I sort of tolerated it. Like it was something that I could do, but it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't fun. Um, and I went to college and I entered as a, a computer science person and uh, actually exited as a computer science person. I don't have a math degree. I see. And uh, and so in, in between those two things, I took a bunch of really great math classes and thought that it was it was lots of fun. I really liked Wait, so it. you
2: have a computer science degree, but in between going to graduate
0: school, you took a bunch of math
2: classes. Is that? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, while I was still while I was still an oh.
0: undergraduate, like I just joined, saw some math, thought okay. it was fun.
2: Um, wow, that's you know. And now I'm here. I don't I don't remember last time anyone said math is fun, at least not in my circles of people, but
3: um No. Yeah. But we, th- they they all work here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was fun because it was easy too, right, to, for you. But I'm I'm sure that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of lots of things that are there are lots of things that are too hard to be fun for a particular person, and so sure. being easy is definitely part of it. Um, but I think that more to blame is that I had a couple of really excellent professors, Okay. and that that really like I, I can easily imagine like like what's that like the butterfly flapping its wings, mm-hmm. and I like, go into like this course instead of that one. Sure. I'm, I'm not even close to California right now,
2: and so. It, was Stanford the only place? I mean, that's Stanford. UC Berkeley is the only place you apply for graduate school. Oh,
0: I I applied to a an handful, um, and my options were to come to Berkeley or to stick around at, at Illinois, and so I came out here because the weather's nicer.
2: And how? I mean, obviously, UC Berkeley <laughs> is very strong in math, math program. Yeah. I'm well, so
3: what's weird is it it has very very few people in our area. Mm-hmm. So, Is it because this is a new area? or No, it's just so different departments have different concentrations. You can't have everyone represented sure. well in a department. You can't have every field represented well in a department. And the people that they have here that are close to us are like phenomenal people. But, you know, when you're working somewhere <clears throat> and you have the option to hire people, sure. you want to hire people you're going to communicate more with. Right, and so they tend to pull in people that are closer to them, and so they don't have a lot of people in our particular sub field. Um, so Eric, I—he's kind of like he has an advisor here, but
0: yeah, I don't know the word for me, like almost black sheep, but not quite. Yeah, I'm, I'm at least my advisor is black sheep. That's
3: for <laughs> sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, wait. His advisors are really at other universities yeah if he has one at all
2: yeah so why why did you pick the uh, field that uh, you know Sean Cien and, and I
0: like oh well, that's that's what i was saying about these couple professors so these these uh, people that i really really liked just turned out to also be algebraic topologists and i think i think that's not quite an accident That it was a it was so a nurture if, instead of a nature so
2: it just clicked yeah. when you were taking their classes yeah
0: some mix of their personalities in the work itself
2: so, wh- 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 what is it like going to graduate school? I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> I barely graduate with four year degree. So you're, you know, one of the most prestigious universities in the world, and it's, uh, it's really relaxed. It like is, the, yeah. There's a. <laughs> no, I, th- I, thought I thought it was all stressing, competitive. It's,
0: it's sort of, it's sort of not. Um, in some sense, there's a. People, people op- at least here, operate under the assumption that like, by the time you've made it to graduate school at Berkeley, like, you, you have a passion for mathematics and sure. so they don't need to sort of like, like bury you under assignments and work. And so instead they expect you to just like, appear and learn things and eventually do work of your own and then, then you graduate. And so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty relaxed. And in some sense, you don't have to give names, but like, what what is it like? The professors that you work
2: with, are they are they really passionate, or is this like their job and they're just looking to retire? Oh no, they're
0: they're they're all passionate. All the people that I've that I've spoken with, I guess I don't know anyone who's in our field and like over the age of forty who's like just ended for the just in it for the tenure. Mm. Huh. Oh, I, I know people <clears throat> not in our field, one or two, but out of topologists. I mean, I know
3: people who aren't retired. I definitely don't. At least one example of a topologist who is retired, and does not talk. Who is not retired, and does not talk about research at all. Okay. And I have. We have a friend who, who at one point wore a bag, paper bag on his head, who took classes from this person. This is my way of like (laughs) trying to
0: identify this person. I don't. I don't know who this person is, but okay. I mean, like one one professor out of several is probably better. No, it's a lot. It's 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 uncommon
3: it's uncommon so yeah. i mean so for example i cannot imagine my advisor retiring and he's going to be 65 soon and when i talked to he said he was going to retire soon i said what what are you talking about like how could you possibly retire soon he says Well, then I'll get to like go to all conferences more often, (laughs) you know, (laughs) he'll he'll get to go to whatever workshops and visit Uh. people in other departments and he won't be tied down by other duties that you have when you do this stuff.
2: Can you explain like what, okay, you get these conferences, what is it, like you have a bunch
3: of other mathematicians. Yeah, so there there are talks, there are like four or five talks a day and each of them is like an hour and then in between each there's like a half an hour, Mm -hmm. coffee break and you talk to people about stuff and then... It, it, so so these people get invited to talk and they give an hour talk on something they want to tell you about.
2: Did they ever have a big argument?
3: sometimes opinion? I they mean, don't I happen. don't know if I'd say big argument, but but definitely people interrupt and say, "What do you mean by this or no, this is not true or blah blah blah. All but right. I haven't witnessed any anything that I would consider controversial ever I mean, I don't know if you guys have I, I think it happens. I mean I'm guessing that it's happened. But it doesn't in our field, I don't think.
2: Wait before we jump could you mm-hmm. quick I know you, you sure. probably can, but try to explain to listener you know, the back, <coughs> what you guys do. Yeah, sure. You keep
4: using this word topology. Sure. I I did last time, so yeah. maybe if you guys wanna <laughs> I mean you, I'm you happy to do Well, uh, there's a there's a there's a very excellent Wikipedia article, uh, which will will sort of tell you all sorts of things about donuts and coffee cups and things like that, but um, uh, what's to say about topology? Uh, topology is, is sort of roughly the, the study of shapes, mm-hmm. shapes of things, um, if you sort of don't care how big those things are. Or angles. Yeah. I don't really like angles. Yeah, you don't really care about angles. So, you know, um, if if, if I take a ball or something like that, just like a, a little ball living in, in three-dimensional space and, sure. um, you know. I don't really want to care if the ball is like five feet wide or like six inches wide or whatever. I don't really want to care how big that thing is or if it's like punched in a little bit. In my mind, it's still sort of the same thing. And topology is sort of asking the question: What's left over if you only remember the fact that it's a ball, up to like being able to scale it or like distort okay. it a little bit?
0: So I, I heard a good exa- a good example from Gunnar Carlson of like where you in, like real life would encounter like like it, like when you when you explain something about a ball, like if, like to a, to a layperson, they're like, why would you do that? Like clearly, these are different <laughs> shapes, but there's a there's a good example. Like if you look at, at uh, English text in lots of different fonts, mm. you can identify like the letter A in lots of different fonts. Uh-huh. Like, like literally, the letter A's look different. Like this one's a little more flabby, sure. one's a little more circular, but your your brain has a sense of like the rough shape of what a letter A is, and that's okay. like that that kind of correspondence is very close to the kind of thing that we think about. <clears throat>
2: And what's what's a practical uh, application of your field?
3: Oh, is there now? There's one. Yeah, well, <laughs> just sort to, of being of like promoted. A decade ago. Yeah, 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 being promoted by this guy Gunnar Carlson, where they analyze large data sets mm-hmm. using this, and and part of it is so <clears throat> the way we view things and the types of. Ways we model objects is very insensitive to certain types of things. So Matt was pointing out it's insensitive to whether or not it's been punched in a bit or how big it is. Sure, it's insensitive to scale, but this, however, makes it very sensitive to other things. So, for example, okay, if it doesn't matter how large my hole is for me to recognize that there's a hole, I can detect very small holes just as easily as I can detect large holes, and this is why um, some of this is useful for for dealing with large data because you want to try and understand the shape of this thing and you look for maybe it's seeing a small discrepancy you want to be able to notice some small difference between two things no matter you want to be able to notice a difference between two things no matter what the size of the difference is so being insensitive to size is like a way of doing that that's one way of trying to explain why it's useful for analyzing large data. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know of another practical
1: kn- yeah, example. Yeah, I know.
4: Here's a, here's one. It may or may not be, uh, may or may not be bullshit. But so a thing <laughs> that you can do is take um, take a molecule, like a long circular molecule, like a like benzene or something like that. Okay. And what you do is you cut it open, and then you get a, like a little string. And then what you could do is there are like various chemicals you could use or whatever um, to like tie this thing up into knots and then close it back up so the thing is that you you can create all of these molecules and uh, there's a different one for every different type of knot that you could possibly tie up um and these all may behave differently and and from the point of view of chemistry so they some of them might kill you some of them might i don't know shrink a tumor or something i don't know But so the point is that you might want to know what what different types of knots are, and that's like a a big question in topology. This is is the the field of knot theory, and um, these sorts of things come up. And when you when you're talking about synthetic chemistry or like uh, DNA stuff, because there's there's some sort of like twisting of these things and knots that show up in, in DNA recombination. So there's like mathematical biology that happens where you're thinking topologically, but. We don't really do any of that stuff, you know? No, we don't. <laughs> These are just sort of like answers yeah. that we kind of know vaguely about. So that's interesting. So do you
2: have that sometimes, like someone in the physics department or a biology department call you guys and
3: assist them with some problem Yeah. So, so a good friend of mine mm-hmm. is, one of his advisors is a chemist and the other is a mathematician and he works in sort of this overlap between topology and and chemistry or topology and physics. and they use tools that we build or i mean they're they're using things from a long time ago um and they they use them to like really answer serious questions in chemistry so they use them to count things called excitons which are quasi particles so you have some molecule and the electrons on each atom can live in various shells but if there's some gap or something like this. This behaves like a particle, and so you can count the number of different ones and how they move on on molecules using some of the techniques that that were developed by by topologists in the past 60 years or something like that. And that's relatively new. There's also, I guess, right now there's this whole. Th- how did we forget this at the IMA, the Institute? of Those mathematics and applications topological
4: to insulators is that
3: what you're talking about no the the program they have a year-long program right now at the ima oh yeah i oh, yeah. um, applied algebraic topology and oh, there's sure, sure. this other stuff called homological sensor networks mm-hmm. where you sort of ask where do i need to place like what kinds of algorithms can i write down for like if i have like like, suppose instead of this, like, the floor of this building, instead of it being, like, classrooms, they were bank vaults, and I wanted to keep people from getting in and stealing things. Where would I need to put cameras or sensors to make it really hard for people to break in without being detected? Ah. And so there's, there's an approach to that through... Algebraic topology. I I do not know anything about there
0: are, it. There are lots of complicated variations on these. Like mm-hmm. you have like prison guards walking around, so like mobile sensors, So sure. you have to understand like like even if you don't expect to see everything all the time, you need to make sure that like there's no place that you can hide and like sneak past the guards. Oh, see, like, this at some sounds point, like the guards a, will bump into you.
2: This sounds like a practical application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And uh, one other thing, well, I was wondering, like U.S. military. I mean, I'm sure they could. You guys could probably help them with something, could you? I mean. What?
4: Well, my second year in graduate school, I was funded by DARPA for some (laughs) weird reason. I don't know what that is. Uh, It's it's the research wing of the Defense Department. It's like the Defense Advanced Research Projects Administration or something like that. Mm. But the point is they they just have a bunch of money and they like throw it in places in the hope that uh, someone will figure out something that can kill people better. Um, so this is Were actually successful? Uh successful? No Did you find anything they could I kill people? I tried really hard and, Did they get uh, the money back from
3: you? Yeah They <laughs> refunded it No, no uh, You refunded it They gave the money to you You refunded them
1: <laughs>
4: Yeah Who knows how it works If
3: they refunded you they would have given you more money Listen I'm not Did an expert <laughs> How difficult is dealing with Sean?
4: <laughs> <laughs> mid, mid to high He has his good days Yeah yeah. Got yeah, yeah, my yeah.
3: good days <laughs> What are my bad
4: days like? Um, yeah, so anyway, this is, <laughs> this is how I, I actually met my advisor. Um, so my first year I was funded in grad school. I didn't have to teach or anything. And then um, my advisor sent out an email on the, the grad student's email list. And he was like, hey, I have this uh, position for a research assistant for this DARPA thing to do applied algebraic topology. And I was like, cool, I don't want to teach. I'll do that. And I started doing this thing, and I worked on applied algebra apology for a while. Did they check
2: your uh, security background and all that stuff? No,
4: no, no. it was—it's very indirect. And basically, you know, they just gave him a grant. It's not mm-hmm. like whatever. Um, but no, they were—I don't have any security clearance or anything like that. I
0: mean, to be clear, DARPA also funds people to build things like file systems. Yeah, like it's uh, not
4: Or like fast cars and things like yeah, that. I mean, they, like, they, all, they just like throw money and stuff, you know.
0: It, it's many stages away, like right. removed from
4: missiles. Right. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I did some stuff that was not could not p- conceivably be useful in any way, uh, and that sort of segued m- into me working with my present advisor. So that's that's how I got there. Um, now, when you, when you go to graduate program, do you pick the advisors or do they pick you? How
2: does that work? A little bit of both. Yeah. Mostly,
1: you do the picking,
2: yeah. but they, and they, they accept the,
4: your choice. Yeah, that's they, really they have the job. option to veto. Yeah. So,
2: when you got accepted, do you like talk to other one, other students? Been there, like they would tell you, like, oh, oh no, yeah, don't, that's don't you dare go with this guy. Yeah. a hard ass. Goss- so gossip
0: is, is very common about like that that sort. Yeah. yeah. So there um, is that. Uh,
2: yeah, and what, and. and If they're hard ass, it's because they they're just they're trying to teach you too much. Oh, it's their Their personality. Personality. Mm -hmm. A
3: lot. It's a lot of it's personality. I mean, so some people deal with trying to teach you a lot of information in different ways. Some people are hard asses, and some people aren't. I mean, I don't know if I would consider my advisor a hard ass, but he taught me a lot of things. You know. So, Mm. I mean, yeah, different people have different styles. So, do you, so. Obviously,
2: uh, there's the the skill of teaching varies. Professor to professor. Yeah, right?
3: no, a lot. Yeah, so there were some people. So, so wrong. you might have
2: some Nobel Prize winning professors. Sure. Yeah. Terrible. At talking to people. Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. Lots, the, lots of there's, undergraduates there's, can tell you that. There's, there's <laughs> one that, Right? Like,
0: like, all, all of these people get, get stuck teaching, like, Calculus 1 courses, and some of them are very good at it, and some of them are excellent mathematicians and can barely, like, keep control of the classroom. And,
2: and is, is that because most of them probably just want to do research, right? They don't want to teach.
1: Well, uh, sometimes, sometimes that's part
4: of,
2: of it. I mean... It's about
3: skill. Maybe yeah. they want to teach. Oh. Maybe they would love to be able to teach, but they're just shitty at it.
0: Yeah, so, like it... Like it's not a right. Like it's people are hired based on their research ability more often than not, especially at at schools like this. Yeah. Yeah, and so teaching is like something that everyone has to do, and some people like it and some people don't, and that just doesn't correlate well with them actually being good at it or not.
2: And what's is there like a requirement? How many classes do they have to teach, or how oh, is that here,
0: yeah? So they they're on some sort of point system where like if they teach a large in- introductory class, then they get lots of points, and if they teach a high level graduate course, then they get very few points. And at the <laughs> end of the year, they have to have taught like enough of all the right kinds of things to meet some sort of quota. Ah,
3: uh-huh. is that terms... right? So yeah, that's that's I've never I mean, heard of that. Before. Yeah, these, these systems geared, vary yeah.
4: greatly among schools. It's I hard see. to say.
3: So where I went to graduate school professors had to teach two courses a semester and it didn't really matter what they were mm. but they didn't i mean just because you wanted to teach a course doesn't mean you would be able to teach a course right so they had people decide the year before who was going to teach the gra- who were going to teach the graduate courses and then maybe they would run maybe they wouldn't and so if a course got canceled they would have to teach you know something else. I see. Unless they got like some dispensation, where they didn't have to teach as much. Do they
2: factoring how many students actually learn something from you? Or no. Gave right? no, certainly not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm, they
3: should. No, no, no. they should <laughs> potentially, but they definitely don't do that. How
4: does it work at Austin? Um, I don't really know.
0: Yeah, not a professor. Nope. Never had to deal with this. That no, hasn't
3: come up. Didn't talk to a professor <laughs> ever about teaching.
4: I think it depends on the contracts of the individual professors as well. Really? I don't know. It seems like people have different obligations. And oh know.
3: yeah, so certainly, like they weren't going to make John Tate teach a bunch of stuff when he was. Oh, talking. that's that's true. Yeah.
0: Like, like Peter Teigner here has just like never taught a low level course. Right. Like he teaches one topics course every other semester, and otherwise just. I don't know. Wait, don't but know how come he doesn't get in trouble? Like you were saying, you have to get certain amount of points. I have no idea. He also
3: gets paid by another institution, though. That's true. Well, he it's all right.
0: So it's, it's explained when he's away in Germany. But even when he's here for like, like a long period of time, like he somehow doesn't get sucked into, into uh-huh. calculus. You can imagine I, if I have you're no some idea what of, causes
4: it. Some kind of badass person, then like, like as better. part of your contract negotiation, you could demand certain oh, yeah, things sure. like not teaching shitty courses. So
3: there's a professor who... Had uh, this Dave Benson at Aberdeen. Doug Benson? Dave. Oh, <laughs> not Doug. <laughs> That's yeah. a great teacher. Size. Great teacher. So, <laughs> yeah, what did you learn from him?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> um, no, so he he had some grant and he essentially gave his university. He renegotiated his contract so that he would never have to teach again, and took like a huge pay cut and was just like I don't want to do this. So so if professors have external sources of funding that are attached to teaching, mm-hmm. they could sort of you figure the university is paying you this much money and some of it's for teaching and some of it's for doing other stuff. You can buy out your teaching from them. Oh, I didn't know that. Potentially. I mean, so I'm just saying that can be figured out and it does happen.
2: You know, like anything else in America, the bigger the talent, people tolerate your misbehavior. Yeah, and, yeah. And they don't follow the rules. Yeah. So bigger that I don't, I don't know how would you consider somebody talented. Let's say they won a Nobel
3: Prize. What well, is is there a Nobel Prize? There's a Fields Medal and there's an Abel Prize, but but people who win the Abel Prize are really old. So people the who win Medals the Fields Medal are pretty young. Are pretty young. So, Fields Medal is the better analogy. Okay,
2: so some, he's this guy's 45 years old. He has one of those. Yeah, cards. yeah. He.
3: If he's at a university, he or she, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think it is the case that no woman has ever won the Fields Medal. Is that right? It's really unfortunate, yeah. And there are plenty of prizes that women have won, but Mm. that's really kind of unfortunate. That um, there have been like so
0: retroactive Nobel prizes. Does Emmy Noether have one? Retro.
3: Yeah. Like oh, she must. She, she must. She, she must. must. Who's this? Emmy Noether. She was. When was she around? She was before the Second World War, right? Mm-hmm. She was like the early nineteen hundreds. She's the early nineteen hundreds, and she was absolutely brilliant. What What's her name? First name again? Emmy. Mm-hmm. And last name? Nother, like, Noether. Like N O E T H E R. Noether.
2: Okay. <laughs> European? Yeah. Yeah. German. Yeah.
3: Of course. Sherman, yeah. Stereotype. Right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> she was, she couldn't, I don't even think she had a full academic appointment at her institution. Oh, no, I don't think so either. But she had some sort of thing there and she was clearly the best person there.
2: What What do you think is a problem with lack of women in the field or? Um...
3: Why do I think it's a problem that there aren't as many people? Well, is that a problem? I think it's a definite it's, problem. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's not a good reason to have fewer women. I mean, whenever you have some sort of disparity like that, you say, "Okay, is there a good reason for the disparity? Because Mm -hmm. otherwise, the representation should be proportional to the population, right?" Yeah. So, if there's more than half of the population is women, then probably more than half of the people that are mathematicians should be women too. Like that would be a healthy thing. Sure. Right.
2: Um, What is the rate right now?
4: Oh, we don't know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't even. Want to I, I wouldn't. Guess.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't
0: guess. I couldn't even guess in our field. There's also a, like there's there are enormous generational differences. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that that also makes it hard to. A lot like, of it is very
3: much a generational thing because. Can you, of, you explain what? Why, why do you? So mean? like there are more women in in like in like my generation mm-hmm. um, of math oh, oh, than there mm-hmm. are in older generations, and so. It's starting to repair itself but I mean this isn't something that's gonna like overnight be fixed Um, I I guess the best way we could try and say what the rate is is like where I went to graduate school I think there were three um, either tenured or tenure-track faculty members out of maybe 30 or 35 that were female. I see. And then Matt has a different experience. Yeah,
4: well, Austin is the home of um, this this brilliant woman, Karen Ulenbeck, who has really pushed for women in mathematics. So there's a lot of money given to um, women to recruit them and to hire them and, and for graduate students. And um, we, as a result, we have a much better gender ratio than most other places. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Austin is kind of an aberration, though, in that sense. Yeah.
2: What a wonderful city. I mean, Austin's just Oh, amazing. yeah.
4: Hell of a place, man. The airport would tell you that it's the live music capital of the world. The <laughs> <laughs> airport will tell you? That. Oh, yeah. It's all over. Is
0: that like on a banner?
4: Oh, it's, it's in a lot of places. It's guitars. You will not leave that airport uh, not knowing that. Okay. Eric, what
2: was your experience going to school? Was there uh, many women in your classes for math or?
0: Uh, when I was an undergraduate, I think we we had like a slightly better ratio than we do here. I see. Berkeley has been in the headlines a couple of times in the past decade and a half mm-hmm. for, for gender discrimination problems, like inside of the mathematics department. Whoa, I um,
3: did not know this. Yeah. Like,
0: there's a there's like a like Jenny Harrison was uh, was denied tenure, and that like like there was a dispute. It went to civil court. Like that. Like they're they're. Yeah. They're, they're oh, I remember this thing. Yeah. I didn't know that was in the math department. Yeah. Okay. Jenny
3: Harrison. What does she do?
0: I've forgotten.
4: Oh. It was some news story
3: though, I remember this.
0: My my recent memory is that she does something about discrete. Um, what's the word for that stuff? Differential geometry. Okay. Like, like computerized oh, sort geometry. of. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. not. Yeah. But, but, yeah.
2: That it, it's a sensitive issue, you know. I, I, I mean, how much of it is reality or perceived discrimination? You know, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure, Berkeley, reason, yeah. I'm sure Berkeley. I'm sure Berkeley wants more women in math
3: too. And um, but, I mean, well, the president of Harvard, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. <said> a <laughs> he, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I
2: mean, there He wasn't in a, who o- Ob- Obama's cabinet. Um, he, he was. He was running for a, a federal reserve chairman. He yeah. didn't. The, they basically don't even try. It. They're not going to go for you. Yeah, what was yeah. his name? Larry Summers. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, he was in uh, Social Network. Remember, he was doing that two twins like you. Don't oh have a yeah, case. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, there there are lots of people like that who are still around, and that's partly related to the generational thing. Yeah, because it's not it's not obvious that that the way reason they have these uses isn't just because they're from. An earlier time, and a lot of the people that are in the math departments, right, are from a different time when, you know, these things were reasonable views to have. To, regardless of how abhorrent they are, they've held on to them, and they still have power. I mean, I don't think, I don't think there are that many people that are in charge that hold these views. Right. Right. I mean, there are a lot of people who work really hard to to fix this, um, and to try and be supportive.
2: Because I just think every time you p- call out a particular group that can do something, it's a shortly after that they will prove you wrong. Oh, and yeah. It's embarrassing because you're betting against history, you know? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't like doing that. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if this analogy makes sense, but um, I love football, college football, uh-huh. and uh, right after the season, different college would go after certain coaches and try to steal them from another coach you know? Is there a little bit of poaching
3: going around different? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So this has happened mm -hmm. in our field. This has happened in related fields. So the example I know in our field.
4: Texas did this.
3: Texas did this to who?
4: Uh, There was a recession a couple years ago, basically when I went to grad school. And uh, the UT system was doing pretty okay, but uh, for example, the, the UC system, California was not doing so okay. Uh, and a lot of other places weren't, so um, UT took the opportunity to sort of like poach a lot of pretty good graduate students and, and hirees or whatever. So like the system as a whole was doing oh, so pretty they're well. Also
2: they graduate students too, not just professors. Well, sure, I mean oh, yeah. you can
4: imagine like if you can offer decent funding to graduate students uh, like, and you can also hire good people, then that would draw. Higher caliber graduate students.
2: Because I remember, you know, when I graduated from high school in '88, I mean, USC was pretty, pretty good, reputable school, but not like the way it was right now. And I, I remember reading really LA Times; they were throwing just money at these guys, like yeah. leave Yale, leave Harvard, come to our yeah, yeah. university. Yeah. Oh,
3: they you know, do. They just throw money at them. So there was a guy who was at MIT, tenured at MIT, and went to Harvard. Like they, Harvard poached him, just straight up. Vanderbilt just recently grabbed a phone Jones
0: a couple years ago. Vanderbilt he was, he was, he was in, here in like the top three most highly paid professors in the U C system. Like he made something like four hundred grand annually.
3: A professor?
0: Yeah, and, and Vanderbilt. And, but he probably didn't him.
3: have to teach, right? He,
0: no, no, I taught Calc One with him. <laughs> oh wow! Well, how was that? It was it was great. So this is he's he so Wait
2: wait, how right? does the pay system? I, I I
3: did you get a cut? He he no, won the Fields Medal. I didn't get a cut. He ah. one of these Fields Medals guys. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's he's brilliant.
2: But if you sign a contract that you're going to be at UC Berkeley for the next four years, you can't get out of that.
3: No, but he didn't sign that contract, oh, okay. obviously. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, clearly not. And yeah. also money can buy its way out of any contract. Come on. I mean, he could buy out the rest of his contract. Athletes do this all the time, right? Yeah. They're under contract that they won't leave, but they can buy out the rest of it. There are penalty clauses. so They just pay the penalty. So you
2: mean like, you know, these high school athletes, they have these coaches that have like vultures just showing up, and, you know, they're trying to charm their parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's say you, you win one of those field awards that you were talking
3: about oh yeah and um, <laughs> no, they, this universe specifically go after people who win mm. fields medals sure oh, yeah. they specifically do this I mean Chicago did this with uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name Chow the, the fundamental lemma guy, guy. Yeah. they did that they poached other people they poached people from Northwestern right Hyde Park and Evanston aren't that far from each other and they steal people from there all the time I mean they this, this happens. There's a never like fist
2: fighting between advisors to a different schools over fighting for someone. It's not like fist fighting, fight, I don't think so no. Fighting, no.
3: But there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of reasons someone might, might want to move. So someone in our field recently moved back to the U.S. from being in Australia for a number of years, mm-hmm. and a really large deciding factor was the fact that his wife wanted to go to veterinary school, uh-huh. and so he went to a university where there was a where there was a veterinary school in that town, as opposed to going to somewhere else, or at least that's one of the reasons. So there are lots of so this is like a perp, right? Like yeah. charming the family, so that that happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Most disputes are settled with chess boxing anyway. So. Chess, boxing, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> chess. This is. Do you know chess, boxing? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, of course he does. <laughs> Why?
3: Because he's Asian. Yes. <laughs> is that an Asian thing, chess boxing? Well,
2: without well, just chess and kickboxing, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but it, it, it'd be frustrating because let's say you decide, like you were saying, like um, you decide to go to UC Berkeley because there was a specific uh, professor that you want to study under. <laughs> that happens go. to people. So you yeah. go, and next thing you know, what, he leaves for MIT because they offer him like some obscene of sure.
3: That happens to people, but usually they can take graduate students with them.
4: Mm-hmm. Is that right? Oh, yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's a that's common sort common. of deal.
2: But he's not going to take everyone.
0: So the No, ones who are
3: necessi- not necessarily. You're right. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. It's not also, necessarily.
0: It's also common right. to like spread it around to say, like, I'm leaving, but you can come out for like the next year and visit, and yeah. then you'll come back and write your thesis, and you won't need me anyway. Yeah, like those like
4: deal, mm-hmm. deals are struck. Yeah, people are reasonable by and large. Huh. This is um. So there are people who went from
3: MIT to UC Berkeley, and they had graduate students at MIT, I and see. their students either stayed at MIT or would visit Berkeley, but it's, it worked out fine.
2: And and is it if you have a tenure at MIT and if you transfer to UC Berkeley? They give you the tenure, right? You don't have to Well, go you're not going to
3: go. If they don't right, give you the exactly. tenure, you yeah. wouldn't go. I see. You would never well, take that's, that. That's
0: the first bargaining
3: chip. The first bargaining chip is willing. Yeah. So they
0: you. have to match at least the same salary, but they will also ask a bunch of well, other stuff Well, they don't up, have up to. to these, up to these mitigating factors, where like, if mm-hmm. you want to bring someone to veterinary school, then that, that could potentially play into,
3: into yep. the mix. Like, th- mm-hmm. Things like this. So there's, there's this famous story about a university, Warwick, in the U.K.? Yeah. Do you guys know this story? Mm-hmm. So this was supposed to be like a non-traditional math 100%. department. Sorry? Not
1: um, nothing. Non-traditional. So it was a non-traditional department, <laughs> like
3: in the U.K., where beforehand it was very much for like, you know, the smartest people, like Oxford and Cambridge, for yeah. the smartest people in the U.K. and everyone else, well, you're just kind of fucked. So this was supposed to be more like a... Um, a university that anyone could go to and they wanted to start this department, I think it was, it was Zeman or something like this, Some, someone there wanted to start this department and recruit a lot of great people. So what they did was they wrote this letter and they said, you know, we want to hire, we want you to come to work, we're starting something new, we're not going to be able to match your department's salary from your home institution, but these are the other people that are coming. And so he wrote down five other names was it true right he sent out all six letters at the same (laughs) time and the thing was they were like oh well if all these other people are going then of course i want to be there oh and so he did this several years in a row (laughs) in different fields and so he sort of jump-started groups so a lot of people left and took less money but the perk of having someone you but how did they find to? out?
2: And were they obviously they were pissed, right? I mean, I don't
3: know that they were pissed. No, because it worked out exactly fine, right? right? Yeah. So they were lied to, and it would have sucked if it didn't work out for anyone who left. Sure. But since they all said okay, then there's no reason for them to find out. I mean, like it, it doesn't make sense. They wouldn't be, only right. he would know that story, right? That's not under game theory. It,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, no. Yeah. no, I guess not. Yeah. Um, Oh, I just I love hearing these kinds of stories. Uh,
3: yeah, it's really funny. I heard this from I can't remember who I heard this from. I think I heard this from Richard Halpworth, but it's a, I think it's a well known story. Mm. But but they did this in like lots of different fields, and this guy got away with it two or three times.
2: And you and you guys must be friends with people who are looking for tenures and finally got it. But it, it must be ordeal. To get it, right? Oh yeah, Boy. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can you explain to to people who are never going to go graduate school and trying to get <laughs> it? I mean, what how painful it is?
3: Well, we can't because we haven't been through it, oh. but we can try. As a I mean, it's because you, I, it's because I, remember, I don't know if you ever, uh, um, there was an
2: article in uh, Wire magazine like four or five years ago. This crazy lady, she tried to get a tenure. And she went to school after school and couldn 't get it, so she lost it. She snapped. She went to the campus and started shooting people i don 't know how many people <laughs> oh, she shot
3: Wow,
2: but here 's the crazy thing she when she was a young girl, she accidentally shot her brother and uh, killed her brother and she wrote a book about a story about this woman who accidentally shot her brother. Looking back, the Wire magazine pretty much kind of insinuated that it was pre-calculated. She meant to kill her brother. yeah, And then uh, she shot—this I don't. This is Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know what school yeah. it was, but she was very upset that she couldn't get tenure. And, and she claimed there's people that didn't like her, sabotage her, uh, uh, chance to get it. So she's in jail now, but she, she I'm sure she killed a couple of people. I
3: mean, I it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I've heard stories about people sabotaging people and running them out. Of various departments and getting them to leave and go other places, so they could get tenure themselves. Because no, no, no. People with tenure. Oh, and someone's there, and they don't like that person. They just figure out a way to push the person away.
2: And how? I mean, how often does that happen?
3: I don't. I know one story like this, or maybe two, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how true they are. I don't think it happens that often. Yeah, I don't
0: think it's terribly common. Like you, you. When you're applying for these these like long term jobs, like you you visit and you do interviews and you sure. do a job talk and you like meet the faculty there, you didn't you wouldn't have applied if you weren't like confident that you'd be able to get some kind of work done. Sure. And so it's it's unusual to um to like go to a place and not think that you're going to
3: get along with at least the majority of the people. I see. Yeah.
2: And tenure is important because uh, once you have it, it's almost impossible to get fired.
3: Something like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's correct. Right. It's it's.
2: So you're one of the Supreme Court justices, almost. Not exactly. Not quite. Right. So,
3: so if you're a Supreme Court justice, you can remain a Supreme Court justice even if they can't pay you, right? Whereas they can release you from tenure if there are budget problems. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that right? If they don't, Mm -hmm. if they don't have the money to pay for the position, there's no position. They're not legally obligated to pay money they don't have.
2: I didn't know that. Ah.
4: So, I mean feel like there are other like circumstances, right? Like if you kill a guy, probably they don't No, know. right. No, they're, they're yeah. morality clauses. Yeah, morality <laughs> They're morality like
1: clause.
3: Yeah. Probably sleeping with students or.
1: but Yeah, yeah. By, by and large. I Wait, think.
3: what's the policy on that?
2: They're adults. No, I'm. I'm this is a serious question. I, I mean, don't,
4: I, I have not looked into it. It's just, I know it's frowned upon. It, it varies. It's generally at least frowned upon. but Some People have married their students, graduate yeah. students. I mean, you know, if there's no coercion and like, it's fine usually, but if if you're like teaching someone in your calculus class, like you probably shouldn't date them. You should at least wait until you're not teaching them yeah. anymore. That's there's basically. there's a
2: weird issue. Because of, uh, you you might end up being biased. Yeah, yeah, I mean
4: you shouldn't be in a position of power over someone and also be romantically involved with them. I see. That that
3: just has just potential for being. But let's, be honest, I I mean, <laughs> let's t- be honest, it happens all the time.
4: I don't know about all. Let's be honest, it happens all the time. Why mean, are you trying to put words in our mouth? I've never I've never <laughs> seen that happen. Uh, I've never experienced that. Okay, residency. let me rephrase.
2: I wish it happens more often. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it would get you to learn calculus well enough to teach it. Ah. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The, the The Daily Cal is a newspaper that's put out here like local to the university and they recently did some sort of like video mm-hmm. where they went around and interviewed GSIs, like graduate students, um, and uh, and students about like whether or not this has ever happened to them and what like would they consider it and uh, you should go have a look. You're right. It is more common than you think. <laughs> Thank you.
3: I'm sorry. I'm just not gonna like you to push me into saying something I don't know anything about. It's at least you. Did here. they interview you, Eric? No, they didn't interview me. Oh. Yeah. Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Did they interview anyone from the math department? I
0: didn't recognize anyone. They blurred some faces. They didn't change. They blurred any, faces. They didn't change any voices, though. And I didn't.
3: I didn't recognize anybody. Hmm. And they, did, they didn't add, put the names underneath with the blurred faces. It's oh. <laughs> that usually how they do it.
2: Can I, can I ask a little yeah. more? So, so when you're tenured, um, what's some of the privileges and responsibility that goes with it? Well, how are you different from, say, a teacher teaching part-time or not tenured?
3: Well, so if I'm even tenure-track, I probably have health insurance. Uh, I get paid better. Okay. I'm part of a stronger union at the university. Mm-hmm. Um, does every
2: school professors have union or yeah, they do pretty it?
3: much, maybe okay. not the private ones, but, but all the ones I know of. Mm-hmm. It's much harder to get fired, like we said before. I see. So much harder, right, because you have a contract with them and the, the terms of your contract aren't like three year by three year terms. I see. So even people who are lecturers in the US have like three year contracts.
0: Um, you also have much greater say in like departmental decisions, mm-hmm. ah. like whether, like for instance, whether no black people. I'm kidding. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, if that were to come to a vote, you <laughs> would have more say than someone else, right. exactly. or some say at all. You, at some you, point, at some point, that was voted on. You say right? it, but uh, like you laugh, but at some point there was a vote. UT had this problem. The building at the UT math department is the R.L. Moore Building. And R.L. Moore, who was a brilliant mathematician and pioneered this Moore method teaching style, was also a notorious racist. And, like, I don't know, you can imagine Texas back in the 50s and 60s was like— So they were saying, like,
2: no Jews in the class?
4: Um, or, or, black people, I think, was he had the problem with mm-hmm. mostly. Um, like, there were various stories about him interacting with black students that were just, like, not good. Um, so yeah like these these things have come up in the past but uh, I don't think that's an issue we'll have to deal with in the future hopefully
2: it, 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 you know um, who, 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 this sounds silly but if there's a ranking like you know when
4: it comes to mathematic uh, programs who's the most racist <laughs> no no <laughs> rank them US News and World Report does this every year the most least, racist the most racist <laughs> the most racist math yeah, department
2: yeah, 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 how yeah. dumb are those rankings extremely Right. They yeah, don't take a lot of things into account. That's what I thought. I
3: don't even know how they measure these things, but they don't take a lot into account. So yeah. I mean, this these fields are sort of highly diverse in terms of like I've seen a bunch of different
2: are. magazines do to ranking too, and when I compared
3: one one year, it was all different like, mm-hmm. you know, it's um So there's certainly like the most prestigious places and there's certainly places that are like really well represented in lots of areas. Sure. Like I mean UC Berkeley has to be up there. MIT Caltech Harvard Caltech, Caltech. Yeah, I mean Stanford, Stanford, there's some,
4: like some Chicago. obvious choices and like University you can put Chicago, them in some order but yeah.
2: who, who but uh, I think when I talked to you I was surprised how uh, um, how well French were as mathematicians. Oh, that's
3: right. You asked me this question. You asked me who I thought won the most Fields medals, was country. Oh, I was yeah. wrong. It was the US. No. phrase that right? up there. I yeah. looked it up the other day. I looked it up the other day. It's pluggable. It's like but let me
2: ask you, how many of those native born Americans? Because I think I bet you some of those people are <laughs> from overseas.
4: Um
3: I think they went by like nationality at the time. Like I, see. I don't I don't know. Yeah, American <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um I think UC Berkeley the place that has the institution that was employing the most people who won was maybe like IHES or or MIT or something like I can't remember, but but UC Berkeley was. I think the the university that had the most people was the number was three, mm-hmm. like three Fields medalists. Or no, it was Princeton. It must have been Princeton. Um, and then um, the next one was like UC Berkeley. There were two people. I see. Smale and Jones, I think. Orchards. Portraits was maybe technically at Cambridge. By the way, this count went. I see. So,
2: I don't want to say a typical day, but what 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 do you guys do on typical day? Research.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Typical day. I I walk to the bus stop. I buy a sandwich. Yes. I take the bus up. I get to my office. I put my stuff down. I get some coffee. Go back to my office. I. Print out some paper and start looking at it or I yeah. try and figure something out I was thinking about it the day before. And I go eat lunch and I talk to people for a while. Or if I have a question I go find someone and ask them. And then it's about the same and then there's this tea in the afternoon at three. We talk some more like with people and you you tell them you ask them what they've been thinking about, or there's there's seminars that we have. like
2: that if you're stuck in something, do you talk to yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, like I can not figure this
4: out. Yeah, that's yeah. the easiest that's, way to get unstuck on anything.
3: That's why we're here this semester, and that's why everyone's there because that way, if you have a question, you have all of the people you would ask. But this is not a door. this is not like a
2: group project. You guys It's all not a
3: group project. We're all working on different things. I see. I mean, some people are working together on things, but that's their decision. That's yeah. We related. like
0: the, the thing that, that makes it so 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 valuable is that we all sort of know each other's words. Mm-hmm. Like, like a big part of. Like talking with anyone, but also just other mathematicians. Is that like if you work in different fields, it's difficult to even have a conversation. Right,
2: because you guys know all the shorthands to yeah. the field. You guys, I say. yeah, mm-hmm. like just
0: just like the basic ideas of what it is we're doing. And so okay. if Sean has a problem and he comes and, and talks to me, we don't have to spend two hours like just
4: figuring out what in the world he's saying. It like, happens that
3: I come to ask Eric to help me with my problems more
4: frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can imagine that like you know if you've got a cat that's sick and you go to someone and you're like, hey, what do I do about my cat? And they don't know what a cat is mm-hmm. that's not going to help right you know that's kind of that's kind of how it goes
2: but you know like um, I, I'm taking accounting classes is there's times mm-hmm. I'm trying to uh, you know credit of trying to balance and like for some reason I'm looking at the problem at it and I don't even notice simple miscalculation I bring mm-hmm. a second eye and then he or she noticed it right away mm-hmm. oh yeah so whenever you're you're stuck for a long time you can't figure out you, you just can you just look at it, or do you just kind of casually talk about it during lunch? And they say something to that. Speak? Oh, we we, do, we, all all we do both those things.
1: I
0: nice. regularly. Yeah. We all we've all sort of bitten off more than we can chew. Mm-hmm. That's that's that comes with part of the job.
4: I mean, you you've had this experience, and most people have, where you try to figure something out, and you yeah, like, you're staring at it for a long time. You get stuck in this like loop of trying to do the same thing over and over again. And sometimes all it takes is someone to be like, "Oh, here's that thing," or just to like try to explain that to someone else for you to, to get out of that loop. And, you know, just just having someone to, to bounce words off of is, is very useful sometimes. And that's why I,
2: I'm very mistrustful of those virtual universities because I, I find value like actually interacting with the actual people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and whenever you're stuck, and I, I don't know, I'm not a fan. What do you... What do you guys think? I mean, you guys would have done fine with that no. if you hadn't gone to virtual school? Uh,
4: no, it, w- it would have been much worse for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like my college experience was enriched a lot by having other people to sort of commiserate with while mm-hmm. we were like suffering through. Yeah, I mean, having
0: been on both the student and the teacher side, like yeah. I, I can't imagine like large-scale university-quality educations coming out of, out of online courses.
2: Because if people were asking me, how was my high school experience, I would tell them, bad. If they will ask me who were some of your favorite teachers in high school, well, I remember that b- brings. Um, I, I remember the you know positive experience. Yeah, there's sure. never good teachers, and we were talking about virtual school. I'm just not a fan of it. It just seemed like the virtual schools. I mean, like yeah. the University of Phoenix. I mean, could you have done your studies through no? Yeah,
0: even, even something like EdX, something slightly. I don't what higher up the. That, that's, the, that's the name yeah, of name of these. Yeah, or EdX?
1: N- EdX, yeah. I
0: don't know. M- M- like There's, I these things.
3: OpenCourseWare. These things, yeah, with yeah. slightly yeah.
0: better names than University of Phoenix.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, no, they're not. It's a great bird. so-so. <laughs> well, so-so. Is it real? Is it a real bird? Can you have opinions about a bird that's <laughs> you're, you're saying
4: all? if a phoenix came up to you and, like, burst into flames and re- was reborn, you'd just be like, eh. Yeah, shrug. Okay. Let's get back to work. <laughs> Fair enough.
3: Yeah. No, I, I don't think these things are. If you just want to make money at something, you can produce a shitty product. If you want to do a good job of something, you actually have to care about it. And mm-hmm. these things are not about educating people. I mean, so maybe Khan Academy is about trying to educate people and trying to make education accessible when that's a serious problem that there is, right? That, People in fucking India don't have the same access that people in the US do to high quality education. Sure.
2: Like if you go places like Sahara, Saharan Africa or something, yeah. I mean, they have no education. Well, they don't have food either, but. Um, yeah, yeah. But if you have, I guess, if you have a cell smartphone, internet, you could literally yeah. take those classes and.
3: Um, yeah. Yes. So, but they're useful. Those classes they're useful. Mm-hmm. They can be very useful, but I don't think that's what University of Phoenix is, mm. right? I mean, University of Phoenix is about make money. I think using technology not for students, for them. not for students, for yeah. <laughs> them. Yeah, it's not about, yeah. So I don't, I don't. Uh, no, I'm not a huge fan of them. I'm not interested in trying to limit people's access to education, but sure. I'm also not interested in trying to tell people that they know something when they don't, right? You go walk away with a University of Phoenix degree. and. Well,
4: I mean, e- even these free things. Out. I mean, I mean, the point is, like, I think we could all get behind the idea that it's, it's great that there's this democratization of, of like, content. Like, yeah. the sub-Saharan African guy can go and, like, get a calculus course from some guy at MIT and watch that. And um, that's great that he can go and do that. But whether or not that's a replacement for having a bunch of people around to talk to is a separate question. Yeah. You know, at the very least, it's a step up that, like, there's no barrier to the information. Mm -hmm. You know, like, everyone has a library now. If if you don't have other options, then that's the best option. Like, the the fact that I can access the information of calculus as anyone is great. Whether or not that will help you learn calculus is a separate question.
3: Yeah. So this. This is related to an example that my my dad mentioned to me when we were talking about affirmative action. He's like, he's very strongly in favor of it because when he went to law school, Mm -hmm. um, this ensured diversity was really important. And the reason was that he didn't learn necessarily, he did not learn the most from his professors in law school. He learned the most from the other people in the course. Sure. And that's the structure of, of law school. And I think at least graduate programs are very much like that. And undergraduate programs, a little less so. Mm-hmm. But but you don't go to MIT because they have the best person to teach calculus, right? They probably don't. You go to MIT because there's it's an opportunity to learn from other people. And because you're a nerd. and the people are there and because you're a fucking nerd yeah yeah. but that being there around those people is an opportunity that's access and going online is not the same as having sure. access to the person and I'm, that's why those these are never going to replace institutions because you don't have that person there you can't ask questions yeah, through a computer screen,
2: I think Rick Burns. That the, I think it's younger. About Kim Burns made a series called New York, and mm-hmm. it's a nine-part documentary of New York City and why New York City is such an amazing cities because it's the collision of so many yeah. p- people from different backgrounds. Yeah. So the Jews are learning something from Chinese, and Chinese will learn something from Italian. Yeah, so they're constantly improving, learning from each other, and I think that's the whole point of universities, right? What, like you guys, yeah, could, yeah. you know, you, you guys could meet people from outside of the math. Yeah, yeah, and like I just read something about Stanford. They're offering new degree. It's a combination of computer science and either music, literature, uh, or art, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Jobs famously said, "Computer science is liberal art." And it's kind of nice that there's like you know, you, you, at least at yeah. like graduate program, it's good to.
3: It's good it's to have expose yourself to different. That's the mm. that's the point of a liberal arts education is mm. that exposure to a lot of different things is like, it enriches you in your perspective and what you're able to do. I mean, there's this guy John Nash, he won a Nobel Prize in economics. There was yeah. a movie about him. Sure, Princeton. Yeah, Prime. I know. Yeah, at Princeton. Matt, Matt's making faces mm-hmm. and being like, "Where the fuck are you going with this?" <laughs> no, no, no. I, w- I
4: never heard of that guy. That's that's <laughs> what <Right>. I was. <laughs> I um, think Russell Crowe looks a lot like yeah. Russell Crowe.
3: Oh, okay, that's that guy. Yeah, 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 that's I'm how I remember like him. Russell Crowe. So he, um, he, so a lot of his work that he's well known for mathematically are these embedding theorems that he did. And it wasn't game theory. I'm sorry. It wasn't game theory. Okay. So he, his, what he won the, what he won the Nobel Prize for was the results in game theory because that's economics. Ah, it's it's there's a large overlap, and the people yeah. who use it the most are economists. Hmm. Um, but he wrote these other papers in, in geometry, and he writes down all this, these equations, and I had to give some talk on it for a course I was taking, and I'm like, I have no idea where he's getting these formulas from. Like, why would you think to try this? And the intuition was all coming from physics. Like, he was using, like, energy functionals and things mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. and that, that fixed things, that, that those were the right choices to make. So if he hadn't been exposed or didn't know how to like start looking in a particular area, he wouldn't have. May, maybe he wouldn't have been able to prove that result.
2: But, but did, did I understand you like Some of it was intuition. Yeah, he had a feeling
3: that they, I should
2: bring up one, one principle from physics into this math problem.
3: Well, so he he used intuition that he had from some studying some physical thing. Yeah and said, ah, it should be like this thing. So he used the intuition that he had from there to, to construct something that looked like what the physicists were doing in a particular example.
2: And how often does that happen in math- mathematics? So, <laughs> I intuitive.
3: mean, so Ed Witten... Oh wait! How often? I mean, does it, it was, happen that people use intuition? It, it happens. That happens. New discoveries. That happens to oh, any. That happens day. to
4: anyone that learns anything. I mean, like every you, day. You, you, have you ever played Tetris too much? Like all of a sudden, you start getting like a feel for where, like where you should put the blocks. And, yeah, like, yeah. Your brain works in these ways where you gain like pattern recognition in your brain, and, and it understands like how to how things work and how things fit together. And may, maybe you're not conscious of it, but like, right. you, you get intuition for anything that you do a lot. That's just how it works. So you can imagine if you stare at a math problem for a long enough time. Or you mean to you me mean like you've been looking some,
2: you know, I I think I told I asked you before, like every once in a while I read this article, this mathematic uh, qu- uh, questions haven't been solved in like 200 years or something, mm-hmm. and some kid in India or something, uh, you know. I don't know any stories about kids yeah. in yes. have
3: 200-year-old problems, yeah. but.
2: But like how often does that happen, like some difficult question that can be solved for a long time? and. You
4: know, that someone just comes out of nowhere and starts it very rarely, if ever. I mean, usually people are piggybacking off of like a lot of work Mm -hmm. that other people have done before, and like there's one guy that like does the last bit. But there's like some of these things are 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 inevitable, and some of them are the results of like independent genius, and the former is much more common than the latter.
3: I mean, so the people who
4: do the last bit, like they're doing a lot.
3: That last yeah, day, yeah, yeah, like yeah. no one else did it for a reason. But these aren't unknown quantities, right? These aren't people coming out of like.
4: It's not the some kid in, in Australia.
3: Yeah. yeah. You know, like.
2: So the guy who solved it, or the girl who solved it, he or she is like the head of the human centipede, right? Like the. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that Sorry.
1: the direction it goes? I think it. <laughs> yeah, the guy right. at the oh, end. The at the tail, end. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the tail. They're getting all the other stuff.
3: Jesus, human centipede in mathematics.
2: I actually know one of the actresses. Uh, she's dating my friend, so. Uh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so
3: that's why you mentioned it to plug the movie. <laughs> oh wow! Does she get, Royal? Is this just a long? This is a long bad <laughs> plug. Second, it? Is that what this she's is? This is the second one too. Um, she's in the second one too. It's fucked up. Has her it's boyfriend two. seen these movies?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like they're
3: still dating. What was she in them? She was. Was she? Well, it's not in like the, it, was, it was. She was one of the two girls. Yeah. Wow.
2: And she's from... Oh, why am I forgetting her name? Um, I mean You're right not going to get invited that's over in for dinner. But she's from Washington State. And um, anyway, um, yeah, whatever. So a lot of people...
3: <laughs> I'm not impressed. Were they all in different versions of the human centipede? Yeah, program? no, that's...
4: You can't get a driver's license in Washington This is you've the been many
3: human centipedes <laughs> yes. theory yeah. of reality. The many worlds interpretation. Okay, so... <laughs> Swing I, and a miss. I have a bunch of other questions, and yeah. then we'll finish. Um Sure
2: um you know the, the i don't know how much of a stereotype in many of these professional uh, chess players uh-huh. It seems like mental illness runs pretty deep yeah
3: it, it, we talked about this last time did we yeah um, we did i'll tell you what my answer was last time and then maybe you guys can elaborate is the- there is
2: there like higher percentage of people with mental illness within mathematician or not really so,
3: so i don't really know i don't think so what mm-hmm. i think is the things you hear about the stories that you hear about any group of people are the sensationalized ones, right? They're they're about the crazy things that happen. So someone losing their mind is a story that's going to get repeated. Sure. You don't repeat the story about the guy who went to his job every day for 40 years and sure. then retired and then went home and lived a normal life. Oh, I love that one. That's not a, <laughs> Matt likes that one, but it's not a story you hear a lot. The story well, you Ted hear Kaczynski,
2: a lot. what was a mathematician? He, or was, he a was a he mathematician. Was, yeah. Yeah.
3: He was yeah. Was he, one? <laughs> yeah, no, he was he good? Yeah, he won an a great award. One. He won a Our prize for um for like the best thesis. I was just, at University of Michigan. Just no, no, it, seriously. He really was a good. No, teacher. he was yeah. really very good.
2: Uh, how do you know he was a good mathematician by just just looking at his
3: credential or how did yeah, you? Yeah, to some extent, he won awards. He was well recognized in his field. So I mean, I haven't looked at his work because it's in a different field. But we take people at their you know, if someone says. If Eric tells me that Matt's good, I'll believe him. Yeah. If you know, if Matt tells me Eric's good, maybe. My maybe friend Dave
2: is so. a pretty uh, talented um, street artist and yeah. a very successful one at that. But yeah. I remember one time he was giving me forty minutes um, explanation one time how Adolf Hitler's skill as uh, technical skills were excellent, and you don't hear these things, you know, like. But he was a, a pretty decent painter.
3: So that's, that's the thing. So, yeah. so here's my question yeah. Do you think it's common that people who are really good at painting commit mass genocide? Well, Because yes. there's this yeah. great example yeah. that we hear about. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what it Chairman is.
2: Chairman Mao was a supposedly pretty good poet. See? Bill. Exactly.
3: Yeah. All these artists killing lots of people. So, so what I think is, I don't know that the rate is specifically higher mm-hmm. than it is for other people. I know that, that you hear all these stories more, but that's because these are the stories people retell. Also, maybe it's a little bit higher because eccentricity is a little bit more tolerated in academia than it is in the regular world. Right. So, so people come to it because they're tolerated more. I don't know, but maybe you guys have.
2: What's your experience? Did just most of them seem normal?
4: Um, I don't what know. Whatever that means. I'm. I'm not really sure. I think there may. There may be a higher incidence of like autism spectrum people yeah, that's, in math because that's right it's. It's a. It's a thing that. Le- well, first of all, there's this like stereotype of of people being like that anyway, which yeah. encourages people that like are that way to go into this thing. There's like some. Positive feedback system there. Because you guys
2: definitely break the stereotype that they're really terrible at dealing with people, don't like to talk to people, no. and you know.
3: Thank obviously. you. We like talking to you, Yoshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't like talking to other people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 in fact, other than other than the people in this room, I haven't talked to anyone today.
4: I've never talked to anyone in my this life. This is the first time. Yeah, to speak. this is my first. He's I think, doing really I think well. I'm doing pretty I good. Think. Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> You know, I feel Eric disagreed.
3: Yeah. Just you couldn't see it. He nodded his head. Yeah, no, I'm
4: just being quiet. Uh, I feel yeah. So there's more of that, and you know, it's a being th- the process of studying math is, is very like th- there's some autistic aspect to it. You have to like focus a lot on one specific thing and get really into something. You guys fun. are like
2: detective, right? Seriously, sure. So, yeah. yeah,
4: like I don't know. You're, you're trying to suss out the rules of this game or like whatever, mm-hmm. and. That appeals to a certain b- people with a certain mindset and I we're think maybe de- that's...
0: Detective, like it almost plays into what you're talking about. Like we're, we're detectives about something like completely intangible. Like if you're, <laughs> a, like, if you're a detective, like you, you gather evidence and sure. you, you look at it yeah. and you go out and like like get eyewitness accounts. Yeah. And you, you like see when someone's lying and you do all these things that like actually involve people. And That's not what we do, we look at art operations. Like, I mean, you it, think about a thing for yeah, like a like while. Yeah, it, it, it it's definitely it's a like a similar occurs. process, but it it's a similar process, but it, like it requires definitely different like interpersonal skills. Sure. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, I agree with that. I agree with your 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 point that it's about something completely intangible. Yeah. Is sort of really bifurcates you think. So sure.
2: Nice. But I don't understand. Like when you do trying to solve something, do you write something on the board or do you use a computer? Maybe I
3: use a paper sheet of paper that I draw. Yeah. Maybe I do use the board. There are things written on my board that like I wanna try and think about. Mm. Um, I use blood. <laughs> that's why we have that in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah.
4: It's okay. unsanitary. Ah, well, you know, you do what you gotta do.
3: He keeps it in a very tightly closed Tupperware, though.
4: And then just leaves it there?
3: Well, he... he Put my name on it. His name's on it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. it. No one no, thinks I mean, it's like frosting.
4: There are a lot of ways people approach learning things and solving things in different ways and like you know so some of you like just kinda of lay on a couch and like think? Yeah, sure. Some people yeah. do that. They just sprawl out on the floor and I do that a lot. Yeah. That's my style. Sometimes some people walk, like to walk. I mean this you know, whatever gets your brain working. Do you do you guys ever dream? Oh, just seriously, do we drink?
2: No. Do you dream no. in like nighttime? Like you 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 have a pretty decent dream where you solve problems?
3: No, I definitely had a nightmare about tensor products once when I was an undergrad. <laughs> it's a it's a construction that I was very confused about at the time, and I definitely had a nightmare. You had a nightmare
2: of a math problem? Yeah,
3: not a specific problem, but a, a thing. There's one time, I my roommate was taking some course and he was asking me about a homework problem in it and I figured it out as I stumbled up drunk from the b- ground floor to where our <laughs> apartment was and I opened the door and he was working on it and I explained it to him. I mean, it was sort of like, it was like a weird... And you passed I did pass out immediately yeah, on the couch and he he, from the time it, I passed out, like totally passed out and he walks from like, where he was, the couch where I passed out to be like, high five, and when he like, like when I opened my eyes, I freaked out because I thought he had teleported, because like how quickly how it was. How high were like, you? I wasn't high at all. I was really <laughs> drunk, though. I was really, really drunk. Mm. So sometimes things like that happen. Sure. Yeah. I definitely thought I figured things out while I was asleep, I think, but
4: but they haven't. Your brain works in the background when you're sleeping, you know? So yeah, that's,
0: that's what I right
3: hear. <laughs> it's really hard. It's hard on the street. It's been really hard for me to fall asleep sometimes. Like this this. So some, some problems was bothering been you, here. so oh, much sure. yeah, yeah really hard to fall asleep, so I have to like listen to something when I go to sleep so that I don't think about stuff. That hasn't happened this semester. This semester's been okay.
2: Wait, so what's the longest like you can solve something? A couple of days, <laughs> couple of weeks? No years. Years. Years.
4: I mean, you don't, you know, you don't get hung up on it. So sometimes
3: you work on something for like six months at a time. Wait, and wait, you wait! Can't get it.
2: Is, is that one of those problems? Your professor knows the answer, but he's he doesn't want to share it to you. No, is something not you usually
3: he's just something that no one knows the answers to, or that you don't know anyone that knows the answers to.
2: So you mean to tell me you you were dealing with some problem it took you a couple of years to figure out?
3: Sometimes. Yeah. What's that? What's that feels like? I mean, I frustrating yeah. it's, it's
2: almost like uh, you're a detective that there's a murder case and it took you years and years to finally you solving it
3: sometimes sometimes you don't there are things i don't know the answers to that i would have liked to have known the answer
4: to years ago but, i mean it's not even like that it's more like it's more like someone like took your yogurt or something once and then you spent like 4 years trying to figure out who did it uh, oh right! It's not murder. It's a lower it's state. A you lot get, of, you yeah. get like really obsessed with that yogurt, though. So to you, it's very important, and it's to the like best. the other people that really enjoy yogurt around you, they care. But that's pretty much it. But some of them don't like your favorite flavor
3: of yogurt, so they don't care if you find your yogurt or not.
4: Ah.
0: One of them may have found your yogurt and no, was like strawberries, and then just chucked it in the trash. Right,
3: that happens more than you think. <laughs> this, is, this is a strong <laughs> this analogy. Is I think really this is a funny analogy. I think it works. <laughs> They so said there's a lot of there's a lot of mathematicians in Berkeley looking for
1: yogurt
3: right
2: now. <laughs> They're all. But I'm, I'm amazed. All, all of you answered at the same time. In a few years. That, I I don't know how you could. Well, that would drive are, me crazy.
4: People have been doing math for a while, so anything that people haven't figured out it's is hard. pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: you 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 pick up on like lots of different projects, so that you yeah. like if you get like too frustrated with looking for one particular yogurt, then you go. Okay, sorry. Different one. I see.
4: You try some Greek.
0: Yeah, and like, 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 you go to some conference and you bump into to a person. You're like, oh, you're an expert in this thing that I was thinking about like three months ago. Like, we should have a conversation. You have a conversation. It doesn't go Uh, anywhere, and and then six months later, you think about it again.
3: That's part of why conferences are so important. Sure. That's why we have half-hour coffee breaks or hour coffee breaks between between every talk, right? So that you can have these conversations because you want to get someone to pay for it. So you say, oh, everyone's going to give these talks. So they give a bunch of money because they think the talks are the point. But sometimes the talks are, but I think very frequently the point is the meetings that you have in between these things.
2: How, how, how often when you go? Sorry, uh, how often you go to conference and you're working on some problem and you're surprised that somebody else, else was thinking about the same
4: problem. How often am I surprised, or how often are they thinking about the same yeah, problem? <laughs> uh, I guess both. I would be very surprised if that happened. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. There was this Design. really.
0: So there was a there's a workshop that happened at, at the, the institute a few weeks ago on something called perfectoid spaces, whatever those are, and they, they were invented just recently by this this now famous guy Peter Schulze. and he and this this other now famous guy Jared Weinstein were both giving a talk at some. Where, was it at Princeton? Mm-hmm. The, like there, there was some, there was some weekend conference, mm-hmm. and they were they were both scheduled speakers. Like one, like one of them spoke at one thirty, and the other spoke at two thirty, and they only realized like after the second guy had given his talk that they were talking about like the same thing, and they should really get together and write a paper.
3: <laughs> this was a <laughs> long time funny. before the perfectoid workshop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This was in like two thousand
3: and nine. Yeah. Huh. So that that happens, it and sometimes people people think don't realize they're talking about the same thing, and it takes a third person yeah, to yeah, say yeah. no, no, no. You guys should talk. You gotta talk. This is how it goes. So there are all kinds of that. That definitely happens. I don't know that I've really experienced it.
2: Have you had someone contacting you because hey, I noticed you're working on this thing? Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: <laughs> I had something better. Well, I, I, I was working on this thing a couple summers ago and I, like, I, I did sort of the first step of it and immediately after the first step I sort of discovered that there were lots of other things that could be done. I didn't know how to do any of them, but mm-hmm. I wrote them down and didn't share them with anyone and just like, like let them sit in a folder somewhere. And that fall I got an email from a guy that I'd spoken to years ago, in fact the same guy who moved from Australia. Uh, who with saying like like I, I I we talked a long time ago about some topic and I just wrote this paper and you should have a look at it and the paper that he attached to the email addressed like three of my questions and like we we'd never like it was it was great I loved it like I didn't have to do any work like he just showed up in my inbox with answers it was perfect
1: <laughs>
0: and this
2: this is a. Where internet is so amazing to me because yeah. I, I think we were talking about calculus, uh, Newton and Leibniz. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. They both, about the same time, yeah. like they didn't know each other, right? As far as uh,
4: if I remember right. I know. Uh, I, mean, I, would, no. yeah.
3: I mean, they didn't know each other personally. But they both
4: basically were talking about calculus at the time. So, yeah. yeah, if only Newton had had a live journal or something, like. Or, or uh, Skype. Skype. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a dick. You just should have gotten Skype. Right?
2: They could have co-authored papers. So I, I guess my stereotype assumption about the university in USA fantastic. Our elementary school and uh, secondary school is questionable.
1: Yeah
2: <laughs> Wait. How, how would, how would, how, no, I mean uh, I mean uh, junior high and high school uh-huh. education, but if you guys were in charge of the Department of Education, how would you guys change it? You know, if I make you guys dictator of math department for the whole country, um. I would
4: I would nationalize all of the universities in the country, or at least the deans. Um, I feel like uh, th- there's a big problem. It, the university system in, in the United States is super fucked up right now. Uh, like the cost of college has gone up way sure. way outpacing a- inflation, inflation, um, inflation, and a lot of this is bureaucratic <laughs> overhead. So deans are getting paid a lot of money there's a lot of money being spent to like build new sushi restaurants for kids and like more sports things or sure. whatever and that's all kind of bullshit and it's making college way too expensive and in a in an economy where people like de facto need a college degree to get any sort of job sure uh, it's sort of unfair to saddle all these people with like massive debt so this, this is a huge problem right now and and a first thing to do in my mind would be to just replace all of the deans in the country. With just people that are civil servants, because there are deans go to like some conference every year, and there are best practices on like how to run a college, and they know how to do this, and there aren't really unique problems in deaning that need to be solved. <laughs> like they know how to do this, so replace it with some government guy who doesn't get paid eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and you're saving seven hundred thousand dollars at that point. So
1: stuff like that.
0: So, so for instance, we were talking about the like the point system for teaching here, sure. and how everyone has a different system. There's yeah. not really a reason for that. No. Like it's just because universities are isolated, and, and why would you bother to collaborate about these things trivial sh- decisions? Could and like, should be standardized. Yeah.
4: it's like it's a waste of effort and money and like o- overhead to, to to have these decisions being remade over and over again. I see. Um, John, any?
3: I mean, with the university <clears throat> education. Or with, I mean, I I would think more about lower level education. And okay, I, would, I would, I, sure, I yeah,
1: would, I I would put
3: way more money into it, and I would make classes smaller and make sure the teachers knew something. Yes. And
2: you don't think uh, elementary and high junior and high school education they're not providing adequate math education? No, they definitely, no. definitely aren't. Is it that obvious? Yes,
3: it is because they're not teaching the math. The they people. claim I, I get into this argument about stuff like the, what we teach in high school and grade school is like arithmetic and it's all geared towards one particular topic, making sure that everyone is prepared to take a calculus course in college. And as someone who does math and gets paid to do it, it's not obvious that this is what the goal should be and that mm-hmm. that's what the first year college course should be or that's what the last year of high school should be. I don't know that it's obvious that it should be calculus. If those kids want to go on and do engineering, then yeah, it should be that. If they want to take on a handful of one of these other fields, it should be that. But that's not a math course. It's it's a it's a course where you learn some particular area of mathematics that's useful, mm-hmm. right? But it's not it doesn't in it doesn't to me at least express the things that I think are beautiful about mathematics. I mean, I would have like Sort of in a science class, you have a lab portion, right? Where you do experiments, things yeah. like that. I would I would have people do that in a math course.
4: I think the, a big problem is the following, which is that people seem to think that the purpose of, of education or the purpose of a course in, in a high school or college or something is to impart the knowledge of that course to the person. right. right? That is, like, if you take a math course and you learn, like, how to do something with a triangle, that better be a thing about a triangle that you have to know as a person in the real world. Um, with that sort of understanding, that the point of learning is to go through the process of learning. That changes your brain. Sure. And that, that does something to you that, that that's, like, more fundamentally important than the information that you learn. Like, I took a bunch of history courses in high school. I don't remember most of that stuff, but I'm sure I, I'm enriched by having done that. And and you understand the way that people interact yes. in those situations
3: and that informs the way that you interact with people in the future exactly. and the way that you read newspaper newspaper articles and think about decisions
4: that you like what you're who you're going to vote for mm-hmm. so for example i don't i don't need my doctor to know calculus but I want my doctor to have passed a calculus course. Yeah, okay. And I want him to be mentally capable of doing that. And, and and starting off with a bunch of assumptions and making logical deductions from those assumptions. And that's what math is about. It's about starting with some premises and coming to some conclusion from those things. And that's a thing that like people in the world, if they want to be functional citizens- They have to know how to do. That's something you gotta yeah. do. And like something's broken obviously because people are not good at math and they hate math. And like. I don't know, we rank pretty badly amongst other countries in in math, and, like, something's fucked up, so let's do something that fixes that. I don't know what that is, but, like, something's wrong, and I don't know what that is. It's always odd
2: to me because people who claim they're terrible at math, but they're a massive uh, sports fan, and they they could give you a batting average or something, or in basketball, a rebound per game, or, uh, you know, know, just... um, and even, like, metric system, I always I teased, but uh, people who usually know metric system in the U.S.A. are usually gun nuts or drug dealers, you know,
3: because... <laughs> because oh, you, sure,
2: yeah. You know, these kids could convert kilo to, you know, I mean, pounds and things like that, but...
3: This was in the Ali G. movie. He suggested teaching people when he was prime minister or something like this. He suggested giving them like <laughs> math they could use and so yeah, yeah. The, all the story problems in math class were about selling drugs <laughs> and and this is not this, is, this goes back to what man is saying like math class english class these are not life skills mm-hmm. you're not going to walk out your front door and have someone like be like ah factor this polynomial but you're not going to have to do that but that's not the point of doing it either. The point is there's a process to doing it and understanding that process or understanding how to learn a process that works in a certain way. And I was
2: terrible with math but I have to say when you, for most Asian people the way they teach math, most Asian people believe no one is good at math. It's just a hard work. It's a result of hard work. So if you, even if you're not good at they would just keep making you do a worksheet of the calculus trigonometry yeah, yeah. you know, over and over until you get it. Because our language is similar, only way you're gonna learn Chinese character just re- re- writing the same character hundreds of times. So eventually, your your mind, your hand remember. Yeah. You, you know, it's, just, it's, it's to that to us, it's just simply a hard work. And another thing that they, I remember even math class in Japan, they're supposed to teach you to notice a pattern in the universe. Mm. You know, and um, and they even have cartoons about math. You know, I mean, so they they definitely have a different attitude. And when I was doing a show. In Finland, uh, this is my understanding. Every year, Finland ranks very high, top five in, in like reading, writing, and in everything as I
3: education.
2: Can. Yeah. One thing I didn't I didn't know when I was doing show Helsinki. Uh, one of the um, um, audience members are telling me the students in Finland first or sixth grade they have the same t- teacher for the next six years. Yeah. So it's like in anything else. Like if, when you take a class here in fifth grade, when you are about to finish that year. Teacher finally get to know you and like knows how to motivate you. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in Finland, they know you for that first six years. So, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, oh, this has nothing to do with what we were talking about. But <laughs> when I was in are great. Um, when I was in Afghanistan, it was interesting when they were teaching math. They have a uh, workbook, and they show pictures of things that they were adding. <laughs> the stuff they were adding, like here's three. Uh, you know, AK-47, His there's two more ak forty. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then how many, what's the number? And they had a picture of the five knife plus two knife equals. you know, I'm not even kidding. That's how kids in Afghanistan were using workbook like guns and you know, knives. Will, so it's, it's a different way to teach that. You
3: know. But, um, <laughs> I don't know if I should believe you. Are you being?
2: Serious? No, I, I, no, no, hundred percent. I'll jump out of the building right here. I mean, it was. I was just shocked. I, <laughs> I, 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 I even took pictures of those workbook where they have pictures of like knives and AK forty seven and so yeah. on. And but wow. to them, they, that's a practical application. Math. Oh, I
3: I want to remember that. I want this to be recorded. A friend of ours—I don't know how to pronounce his last name—Paul Van Cannot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Recorded. It's on YouTube. He gave like an eleven-minute lecture. It's like kind of like an introduction to what we do. Oh yeah. And we should we should send that to you, and you can put that. Yeah, when I everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: He's he's a charming guy.
3: He's it's very funny. I think it's I think it's funny. Yeah, it's really funny. So, um, anyway, sorry. I just remembered. Remember that, I didn't mean to interrupt. You were talking about. AK 46. Yeah, I'm
4: not, I'm not, uh, you know. To I, I, Too soon. That like guy just died. I, um. I, I
0: don't know.
2: I, I don't think there's only one path to truth. So if, if you can motivate kids and teach them differently, then as long as they learn, I guess it's okay. Um,
3: Finland's a great example, though, right? There's this really nice story of how they went from being really terrible in education to being like really good at education and they just sort of like took everything they knew about it and they were like well maybe we really don't know anything about it let's try and figure out what's going on here and, and, and,
2: and,
3: and they, they did a lot they changed a lot they and, just they,
2: sort of, and I think they spend less time in Asian kids but they're competitive they beat Asian kids like they do field trip like they'll take a group of kids into woods and like they teach biology, chemistry, math, and like you know, just by field, just field trip.
3: Mm-hmm. And they also got a lot of input from from the students as mm-hmm. to what they wanted to do. And I think they also got rid of a lot of uh, assessment. Like they don't do homework. They don't take tests. Mm.
2: But year, year in year out, they're very very competitive. Always the time. top. Yeah, yeah. And, always um, the top
1: in
3: Europe.
2: So um, I guess we could. Buy, uh, so what? 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 You guys plan? Of hopefully within what, like five year plan. What, what are you guys thinking? Like, um, do you? No,
4: I guess like I the like like private sector more or agriculture. Or no? <laughs> um, I don't know what, it, what else was doing.
3: I mean, I would like are to continue doing what I'm doing. Secretary of Education. Oh, I was Secretary. doing. I was doing
4: Mao. Oh. Anyway. Got it.
3: Yeah. I I, I mean, I'd like to still be doing what I'm doing. Private I mean, work? Is that, no, uh, I mean, well, so a university mm-hmm. somewhere. Life has been pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Are you like an academic mercenary? Like you go to college to college?
3: <laughs> so far, that's how it seems, right? I've I've had two positions so far, and it's been like what, like seven months since I finished my <laughs> degree. Like, but that's 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 abnormal. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be in Germany next, and I'll be there for a couple of years.
2: Uh, where anywhere? in Germany
3: Osnabruck. It's a oh. university. It's a there's a town there. It's sort of westish. That's right. Um, but and then but you know, who knows? If I don't get a job, I guess I uh, I, I can't teach surfing or, or, or run a coffee nah, shop. You can I can something though. else though. Maybe I should figure something else out. I could learn Another how still? to make uh grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Sure. Those are popular yeah, yeah, with yeah. the kids.
2: Michael Lewis, the journalist, are you familiar with his work? He wrote, wrote Liar's Poker and he wrote that, that book on uh, financial crisis. Uh, they made a movie called Moneyball based mm-hmm. on Michael Lewis yeah, yeah, and uh, Blindside about uh-huh. that um, lift tackle in, yeah, yeah. in the Baltimore Ravens. But he was saying how um, many of these hedge fund companies and Wall Street, <laughs> they love poaching the mathematician with PhDs. PhD.
3: So... The guy who, like, <laughs> pays for everything in our field now, it seems. So he, the auditorium where we work is named after him. It's Jim Simons. Jim is Simons. He left, he,
4: he left math and started a hedge fund with some mathematicians and became, like, a billionaire.
3: Yeah. And he he got his degree here at UC Berkeley. He's I, a brilliant guy, He's a very good mathematician. This was a while ago, though. And he, he also has the Simons Center mm-hmm. at Stony Brook where where Matt went to underground. Yeah, on Strong Island. On Strong Island. Mm-hmm. Do you even know what that means? Like, I,
2: I tried to read it. I read his book. I have no fucking idea what hedge fund is. And I know there's a lot of math. And when he was explaining uh, about the 2008 crisis, he basically said even people who were running hedge fund business, most of them didn't even know what they're talking about. And he he literally said there's probably like a handful of people in the country who actually knew what was going on
4: yeah financial instruments are like can get fairly complicated, and there's like a lot of like, insane things going on. so yeah, like I have no good answer at that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. would you
2: have interest going
4: to that field? No, no. I would not not at all.
0: Probably not. I don't know. Like we we get we get letters fairly re- emails fairly regularly here from from these recruiters like just sort of reminding us of how much money we could be making and it's yeah. it's oh it's, when it's I tempted. want to hear this we it's don't tempted. get
3: we don't get emails at Wayne we didn't get any emails at Wayne State oh, from yeah. recruiters. I've gotten like it. it yeah. It's not like
0: super common, but like you get one or two or three a semester, and they're like like it's well, just, are these it's just best, like an like, elbowing in the
2: are they recruiters for whom yeah like, Goldman not, Sachs or something?
0: they their names that you would recognize. Goldman Sachs is one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Jane Street Capital is another one. They host the tea regularly here. And they all sort of like like nudge us in the shot and the side and they say like you know you could be making like two hundred and fifty grand a year if you just if you just graduate and come over here.
1: And Maybe that, I don't know how, how do they, they have access
0: like do they go campus to campus looking for
2: students in math departments that what Maybe they doing. it's they a did? public university campus have to, everyone's email
3: is we have websites. online.
2: Yeah. So there's a list of all the students in department? Yeah. Sure. Well they're
3: yeah. graduate students, they're funded
4: positions. So they they're like…
2: I didn't know that. Well, the
4: yeah. department has a website and our names are all on websites somewhere. Like, And
2: how how did they find out who's the best students within that group? I don't think they, they just… <laughs> yeah, do I they, do they, they no have that access? I don't think no. they
4: bothered. It's
3: not oh. possible to find out who the best is, I think, either. So,
2: so basically, they uh, look for any PhD candidate and just start yeah, you're, emailing them. Yeah.
3: If you got into UC Berkeley for math, you're probably pretty fucking smart. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you got into UC Berkeley. You're probably pretty fucking smart.
0: So, wh- 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 how often do you get these? Uh, not super mad. often, like two or three a semester. But and enough, what did enough they say? to enough to just sort of it, exactly what I what I just said. Like they're they're like you know you could be making lots of money. Remember us when you graduate. Like they're not they're not asking us to like quit immediately or or they're not like being like it, it's just that it's just like three sentences.
3: Job. We'll have to make Eric go work for one of these people every couple yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll make his coffee. We don't have, we don't have the, we don't have the. Maybe you will, Matt, but I definitely won't have the credentials to attract any of these people.
2: Well, I mean, what do they have to do to
0: bring you on board? Seriously? No, oh, I don't. I have no idea. I think it's. What
3: I do you don't mean? Know. What do they have to do? Do you mean like, like technically? How, how could, what do they have to satisfy no, their company? Like, like how, What how, do they have to do to convince how, how them to the deal? Yeah. yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know where my where my price is set. Sorry, really you know, only
2: that. thing I would know is comedy and sports and porn. But one of the sports analogies I would use, like, sometimes these tough recruits will go to UCLA. And for some reason, all of a sudden, they're hanging out with the best-looking uh, co-ed and, you know, yeah. entice them to go to their campus. What do they have to do with you guys? Is, is it just money or?
3: It wouldn't know? be money. It would. So I think the thing that really keeps people in academics. Yeah is job security and autonomy.
0: Yeah. The, the, like, no it's one tells me is the what the fuck thing.
3: to work, about, work on. Yeah, I pick what I want to work on. Maybe I should work on something other people care about. It will affect my job in the future. But right now, no one's saying, did you do this today? Did you do this line of code? Did you, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't, it, it, there's not sort of, Institutional pressure to work on one thing. And that's negotiable.
2: I mean, they could really give you like, we don't care what you do. Do whatever you want.
3: I mean, that's what they do here. Mm-hmm. They say anyone who comes to UC Berkeley, they're as as a faculty member, anyone who goes to MSRI, you're not. It's not on the condition of working on a specific thing. If you're attached to a grant, it could be. But but by and large, that's not the way it is, and that's something that we've grown accustomed to and that's a freedom we're not interested in giving up specifically since we are not familiar with or passionate about the things that they're doing at these financial institutions right like they're working on i don't know so we're working on some sort of particular type of equation that they care about that will tell them you know when to pull the lever on the slot machine and or which slot machine to pull the lever on or something like and i i don't I don't care about that. If mm-hmm. I did, I would go work there because it wouldn't matter what the money was. I would care about that question. But I don't. Yes. So mm-hmm. Depends on your priorities. you know. Maybe we, here's what they'd have to do. They'd have to make the job something it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to make the job the one that I want. I see. I mean, it's. I really don't want to do that work. Maybe I'll change my mind.
2: And I guess if you're working for private sector that they want to see... Results. They want to you, see results. Yes, yeah. definitely.
3: You can't take a year to figure something out. Huh. They don't want anything hard, right? They want you to work on something that you can figure out.
2: A boy, quarter million first
0: year out of school. I mean, the, you know, yeah, that's, I know. A, ooh, that's <laughs> kind of tough to say no. Do you, do
4: you have any student loan debt? Uh,
0: Just a very tiny amount.
4: Yeah. yeah. State schools are nice. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, I mean, so I think that's maybe how they get a lot of people. Hmm. Student loan debt really weighs on people.
4: Yeah, what would they have to do to get you to go? Ooh, hmm. good question. Um, I don't know, man.
0: I feel like it's sort of the other thing. Like they they can sweeten the deal, and it may or may not attract me. Like the the real the real thing to think about is that like maybe I'm not going to get a job in academia. Right. And uh. if and if that doesn't happen, then who knows? Who knows? Or
2: or you do uh, teaching for like a year and you hate it, right? I mean, and yeah, you, you want to get out of
4: it.
3: You could hate the university, though, too. Right.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. It's yeah, it's all kind of up in the air, you know. An ideal world would be like, well, you get to just chill out and be an academic and have decent salary and it's in a nice place forever and like great. But you know, there's a lot of things that could happen that, that stop that from. But happening.
2: How, how important is prestige, like the institution, like if, if they offer hundred thousand a year at MIT versus I don't know eight hundred thousand USC.
4: I mean, for me, if it if it had if it was about deciding a place for a, a, a tenure track academic job. Mm-hmm. It would be mostly about like the environment, the location, because okay. you can collaborate with people. You, if you have money and or like whatever, you can travel and go meet people and do whatever. But if you're in a cool place, then like that's where you're living, and if you have tenure, that's a long period of time. So right. that would be important to me. And lot that's lot important to, to a lot it, of people.
0: I spend a lot of time paying attention to like the undergraduates. Like yeah. you're going to be interacting with them regularly. You're going to yeah. have to teach classes that are full of four hundred of them, and like you. Like, maybe definitely. Of
3: 400 of them, depending on the school. Right. Could be full of 30. Right. And that's something else you really right. want to pay attention to. The day to day thing. So I, I feel a little bit differently than Matt. I think it'd be easier for me. Well, fuck you. But I didn't
1: <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Yeah. It's mean, chess box. I think
3: I'd care more about um, the people I would be interacting with than, than where I would be. I see. Right? I. You know Matt's like, well, I can travel to collaborate I'd rather like have people I like talking to close at hand mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's um, I agree that that's that's preferable but
3: that's but it I mean but but the point is that everyone has these different priorities, which is why it works out seemingly
0: I don't know it works out amongst the people who, who make it through yeah,
4: yeah. It works, it works
3: out, out for, yeah. for the people it works out for yeah. mm Sean's theorem yeah.
2: Have you thought of doing voice work? No, never. Oh,
4: boy. He but, the dulcet tones of Eric Peterson. Do
3: you think his voice would be good for, for porn voiceovers? I wasn't thinking porn.
2: Like,
4: audiobooks.
3: Well, let's think about porn right now for a second. Let's get back to the rest of All it. right, everyone close their Eric, eyes. Eric, do you
4: think, say something.
1: I, wasn't saying, I, say, I don't know. know.
4: Say the, the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plains.
0: The rain in Spain what? The, mainly, the falls mainly know. on the plains?
4: Yeah. Okay. You don't know this? No, I don't know this. Wow. I mean, Sorry. I, that's it's it. It's called My Fair okay. Lady. The, the quick brown fox jumps over the whatever.
0: The lazy brown <laughs> dog? Yeah, whatever it does. Yeah, that <laughs> one I got. I'm not
4: a fox expert. <clears throat> so you don't know what the fox says, for example? I have no idea what that means. Okay.
2: What do you guys do for fun? Seriously. Um, I mean, no more talk about math.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm into comedy a lot. That's my That's my big thing.
0: Comedy, um, drumming,
4: yeah, com- comedy, music, drinking, drinking, yeah, do a lot of <laughs> that's where that. I'm <laughs> at. Drinking, I most of it yeah, really. Drinking. He
0: mm-hmm. hates Big Bang Theory. What What do you guys think? It's about a shitty show. Of it's course, a it terrible. should.
4: Wow, I'm
1: so
2: wrong <laughs> about this. Yeah, because most lay people think this is great, dude. This will trick kids. To get into science and math. No. It's a minstrel <laughs> show for I nerds. Think no, no, no. Not
4: remote, no, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> <it is a,
3: laughs> I think it'll trip kids into being autistic.
4: It is a <laughs> minstrel. <laughs> it is a, <laughs> yeah. a minstrel show for nerds, that's what it is. It's yeah. like, it's, hey, let's laugh oh, at this autistic person. And that's, that's like on. the whole plot of the show. I, I guess I was really wrong. It's so, fucked up.
2: So,
3: well, that's, but, but that's the perspective that we have, given that we are interacting with these people daily. Yeah, and we're not like that That's, that's fucking not a Sheldon perspective guy. that other people would know. Yeah. Right? So that's partly why my initial reaction is always like, fuck that show. Because everyone's going to be like, oh, like, do you have someone like Sheldon
4: at work? Like, no, I don't have anyone do you, like do, Sheldon. Do you,
2: at you work. actually get people questions like that?
4: Yeah. Remember that show, Numbers? You remember yes, that show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not hear the fucking end of, "Oh, do you like numbers?" Like, "Oh, is it like that?" And you're like, Fuck, no, it's not like that. You I can't just like I hated numbers too because it was always about applied math. It was just a poorly written show. That's what I, that was my problem. <laughs> it <laughs> romance not believable. Wait, wait, is is,
3: is there
2: like within math, certain field is more respected or they're more snobs? Yeah. Do they yeah. look yeah. other in yeah, yeah, math. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So who's the snob? in the math field. what Analysts?
0: Oh, no. I would have gone with number theorists. Mm. Number theorists, yeah. Number, number theorists theory. are sort of the…
3: Why, why they
2: are they just not? Why do they think there's such oh, a… Oh, they've discussion? just been around
3: forever. They've but, been around forever. Their problems are really old. The problems are really hard. The problems are also easily communicable. Yeah. The hardest problems are easily communicable to other people. Mm. You can say, oh, when is there a solution to this equation in integers, right? That's that's maybe every theorem, every every conjecture in <laughs> number theory is is
4: reducible to is something
0: is, like that. Also, there's also a sort of top down effect where like when if you work in some other field, it's likely that in 20 years someone will have found some way to like take your result and trickle it down into saying making some kind of statement in number theory, and mm-hmm. the opposite result is not. It doesn't happen quite so often
3: in that that's in, mm-hmm. that, in that what what do you mean the opposite result that people don't take results in number theory Yeah analysis?
0: like you, you prove something about perfectoid spaces and then what like now now you understand some deep thing because you're a number theorist but what what do you
4: I don't know you're well, not going to learn know
3: anything about perfectoid it. spaces but i mean
4: I mean listen my best friend is a number theorist so i shouldn't I'm say not. anything
0: I'm not talking about any particular number theory. Yeah. So that so
2: that field do they hog most of the resource for
3: math money for no, math? No, no. I That's think what? I think applied mathematicians yeah. and analysts are able to do that. Yeah. So so it depends on whether or not you consider PDE to be part of an uh, analysis or, or applied math. Some people do, some people don't, but but they get a lot of money because they oh. can fucking solve real world problems.
1: Yeah. In business or military, in or like both. fluid military, dynamics, fluid dynamics.
3: You know, I mean, I think the analysts the analysts I've interacted with, I guess the ones from my home institution, some of them were really cool. There was one or two of them who was not. And that, that has definitely colored things. I've also heard stories about people in, in like complex analysis just being shitty. You know, it depends on who's at the top of your field. And some fields are fun to be in and some aren't. Oh. And we happen to be in a really fun field because... We're all fun? Is that what you guys call it? Like? Fun, yeah. fun, fun. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: No, it's fun because...
2: Relatively speaking, it's still kind of new? Or?
3: Well, no, because the people who are at the top of it aren't interested in hogging glory for the most part. They're interested in doing mathematics with people and, and enjoying themselves mm. and, and proving cool theorems.
0: Mm-hmm. I read
2: things about Oppenheimer and he was supposedly like... Uh, you know, he was a hog trying to put spotlight on himself and on and on. Is,
3: is there people like that? There are. Yeah. There definitely are. I mean, I've you know. talks by people like
4: that. Any, any like, y- there are personality types and people, and you've encountered them all. And those people are there in math, too. So there are, like, egomaniacs in the real world that do whatever, that do advertising and, like. So
2: you have, a, like, some e- uh, mediocre mathematician, but he's really good at, P- you know, PR and, like, promoting There himself. are definitely people like that. Sure, ben. Yeah. Um,
4: there's all types, man.
2: And obviously, you don't have people like the UC Berkeley because you guys are too
3: classy. I don't know. <laughs> We'd have to ask. Aaron. Yeah, we're not. We're not attached to this institution. I don't like. want to comment.
0: I all the Austin I'd guys. I'll be here and a half to go that. before I leave this place. <laughs> <That's smart
4: guy. laughs> be diplomatic. I'll go on the record and say that most people at Austin are really cool. So take that.
2: So, uh, you're here for how, how much longer, John?
4: Till
3: the middle of May or so. Okay.
2: Then then you're going to Germany? Okay? Then,
3: I, then I go to Germany at the beginning of June. Oh. My brother and sister graduate from high school. I see. So, I'm going to be in Detroit for that, and then back to Germany. Or, not back to Germany, but to Germany. And you're going to be there time. for two years? For at least two years. As long as they'll have me.
2: And what's your website information?
3: It's just SeanTilson.com, but, I mean... I don't know that it's not. It's
4: definitely not up I to date. I think I reminded you to renew the domain name. Yeah, and I didn't. Okay, but I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just that like placeholder about like a one weird tip. to No, it's there. No, it's there. Like,
3: uh, was that a fat dig? Like no, I mean I have this on my website about <laughs> yeah. these, right? I mean, just that the mom. Like, is. Maybe maybe if I forget, like you said to them, you said, "Oh, hey, GoDaddy, like right. uh, you should put this." you know, lose weight tip on Sean's thing when his website expires because you know, even if he doesn't remember to renew it, at least he'll have a tip about losing weight that he can see regularly. Yeah, yeah. Is that what Did that was? That's what that was. Do you know my favorite fat joke, Yoshi? What? So it's someone said this to me. It starts out they made a fat joke and I said, That hurt my feelings. And then they said, Oh Sean, you have feelings? I thought you ate them all. That's my favorite <laughs> fat joke ever. Matt, what's your... Uh,
4: what's my favorite fat, fat joke? No, no, no.
3: <laughs> I don't have one. You, you're you
2: um, you're going to be here for how much longer?
4: Uh, I'll probably... I can be here... Um, so my advisor is going to be around until the end of August. Um, but I sublet my place in Austin until May. So I'm around when Sean's leaving. But I might try to stick around longer. I don't know. And, and then, then when you leave, you're going back to Austin. Well, yeah, but you know, uh, you may not be aware of this, but Austin is very hot in the summer. Oh, and yes. I'd, <laughs> uh, I'd like to avoid that, maybe. So we'll, we'll see. Um, last summer I spent uh, in Seattle, and the summer before that I spent in San Francisco. So Seattle is uh,
2: wonderful during summer uh, summertime. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, it's nice. So you, you already have a PhD? No, no, no. no. Oh, you're in process of getting one.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah almost there. Me and Eric are, are about to get it. Oh, good Hopefully. for you.
2: And, and, and you just got to finish your... It's not classes, it's just certain yeah, studies. You,
4: you, have to, you have to write some document and then present it to people. And this document should be a compilation of some work that you've done. And you have to basically convince people that you've like... And your advisors, know.
2: they have to say, this is a good work. Yeah. And if it's not a good work,
0: what happens? You don't get your PhD. Yeah, but
3: Pretty that, that ever doesn't ever ever really happens. happen. But... Oh. Don't, don't. You know stories?
0: Oh, it, it happens... Not regularly here, but there there's one or two per people like per year who, who sort of get really? stuck. Yeah.
1: So
2: what, what what happened? Like you work whole two whatever years, however long it takes you to get a PhD and it's not good. What did it you go back and Six. do it again? Mm, a couple more years? No,
0: you, you get fed up with the system and you go work for a software company. Yeah. You're already here in the bay. Why would right. you put up with Right. So, but you, you see that once a year, maybe. Yeah, once or twice. It happens.
3: I I I believe it. Uh, but the, I, I've never heard of that happening where I got Yeah, I don't question. know of
4: that happening in Austin. It's, it's fairly rare, I think, in general. Like, usually you don't get six years into a thing and then be That's like, the, well, uh, I guess. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like
0: it wasn't, in, in some sense, it wasn't a surprise in any of these cases. Like, like they hadn't spoken to their advisors regularly for a long period of time, and then they, they wrote, like, a thing down, and then in year six or year seven, they showed it to them and was like, I'd, I'd like to graduate now. Like, I have this theorem. Can I go? And the advisor's like, I, I don't know what this is. I'm not gonna I'm not wait gonna a minute
2: so you mean to tell me this some of you guys are not monitored like oh I'm I'm barely oh, monitored
3: yeah Eric talked. it's often do you talk to your advisor a semester uh,
0: it, it used to be about once annually and within the past semester I've gotten up to about two or three times
2: so
3: that's irregular. but that's why he's the black sheep
4: yeah, it varies amongst your advisors. You know, <laughs> like some people are more hands off than others. Eric is a good example. But aren't they
2: responsible? Because if you don't do a good job, doesn't that make them look bad? It doesn't work like that. Not especially.
4: Not 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 in as a not in as a direct way as you I would imagine. I didn't know that.
2: I thought they were just looking over your work all the time.
4: No, no. Like if Eric dropped out tomorrow, like it
0: does would notice and like yeah.
4: Honest. Yeah. And and it wouldn't no one would be like, Well, that was your fault, like you should've you fucked up and it'd be like, Oh, Eric fucked up. Sometimes it is the advisor's fault and sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes
3: they get blamed for it. But it's usually not.
2: Did you hear about that lady that they found her body uh, six years later because she had an automatic bill paying thing going so they didn't know she was dead. So basically they found this lady in the car and the door was open and looks like she was ready to put her key. It looks like she had a stroke. I don't know. It's a heart attack. But she spent there like she was mummified for six years. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why they finally went to the house because they she ran out of money after six years of paying, you know, utilities, uh, cable, Jesus. mortgage, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so you mean six, to tell me you've been doing some crazy... Nonsensical work and your you don't know about it. <laughs> that
4: happens. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Or you could just like jerk off for six years if you like, really wanted to. <laughs> and now, you turn <laughs> to. Yeah, now you're a mummy. Yeah, and then you turn to a mummy. You know, like, yeah, you can imagine someone just try, being like, well, you know, the grad student salary is better than like living in your parents' basement, so if you can like con a department into. You know, Usually you that it.
3: doesn't happen because there are requirements, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you have to do well in classes, or you have to take exams, but maybe they don't have these so much.
0: Right, this is one of the remarkable things about, about being a graduate student here, we actually don't even have thesis defenses. Like you, what? <laughs> so so typically, like the way this goes is you take a lot of classes during your first couple of years, yeah, and then you have to pass like one or two different exams, that, like the structure varies by university, sure. And then you start doing quote unquote research, and you yeah. you you have to like write a paper, and then uh, at the end of like when you're getting ready to graduate, you have to give some kind of talk, like amongst a very small audience, where like you begin by presenting your result, and then the professors start grilling you about like the details of the various things. You have, have to walk the them through it. Right, Mm -hmm. and we don't. We just we just don't do that here. We don't. There's no course requirements. You've got to pass a couple exams, but they're both like written. That's not true. One of them's written. One of them's oral. The oral one's pretty terrifying. Um, But it's gone for me. And so once that happens, then you've got three years of being unsupervised. Wait, wait. But at the end of it, you don't have
2: to stand in front of them.
0: No, like you have to write down the paper, and somebody has to put their signature on it. But there's no, there's none of it.
2: Do you remember? Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. There, yeah. There's a chapter I remember where he had to give speech in front of Einstein, and like I don't remember some crazy group of people right. That must be terrifying.
3: Yeah
2: You know, I
3: the mean his defense was very was very uh, nerve-wracking for me at least.
2: But when you say thesis defense, it sounds like, uh, may I use the Lord of the Ring uh, sure. reference? It's like when the candidate yeah. Sauron was going at it with each other. It it, I mean, it can be, but
3: I mean, that was not like what so meeting so
4: with my advisor was like for the previous. It don't. It <laughs> so but but traditionally, that's not what the attitude's supposed to be. It's supposed to be no, your right. defense in the sense that like your advisor is going to come and defend your work. So, like, he was supposed to serve as a proxy for you, sort of.
1: Oh, wait, so wait a minute. So traditionally. traditionally this is, this not, is so not so much not anymore. But, like, <laughs> but that's they the. But in past,
2: so, so so you're there as PhD student and your advisor, and there's like a board of people. Yes. Yeah, There's a committee. Committee, mm-hmm. and you, so he's, so he's kind of like your defense attorney in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
4: well, sort of so that's traditionally how it was supposed to be. So right, and, exactly and now now he's his,
0: on the the, yeah. the the wrong side of the board.
4: Yeah, now he's
1: it's, really it's switched, switched up. a little. Yeah. So why if, did they stop doing
3: that? I don't know, but at KTH in Stockholm, yeah, you don't defend your thesis. Your advisor doesn't defend your thesis. An expert defends your thesis. You have to get someone in your field, an expert in your field, to come and defend it. So I don't know if you know Dan Peterson from Math Overflow. Robbie Vakil defended his thesis. Huh. Nice. Wow. I mean, like, this is a famous guy from Stanford, flew all the way to Sweden to defend what? this guy's thesis. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. So, I mean, that's how it goes there. I think Bill Wires had to defend someone's thesis there, too. I mean, th- th- this is what How happens. long does this thing last? defense yeah. i don't know
4: how long those defenses are yeah, and usually here there's the length of a talk so an hour an for hour. a talk and then like maybe a half an hour more of questions yeah. or something so after my defense everyone had to leave except
3: for my committee yeah and then they would ask me some questions um they were they were all pretty easy although my advisor claims i screwed Is up this? one of them at the very beginning but but then i had to leave and right. they talked and then I came back, and, that was it. and how much
2: do you think like likability thing factor in? So likability. I mean, does that factor in? I mean, like if
3: you did your work
2: in like a borderline, like
4: uh. Well, it's been six years. It's yeah. largely a formality. Your advisor generally won't let you defend a thesis if he doesn't think that it's good enough to approve. Uh, um, so he won't.
2: He or she will go over them.
4: Yeah, and only a very irresponsible advisor would say like, "Oh, you should go defend your thesis now." If they, if they're not going to advocate for it, mm-hmm. so. It's usually mostly a formality, and it's, it's, of course, I'm sure, very nerve-wracking, as was, like, all of our exams. But, like, in, in reality, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's mostly
3: nerve-wracking because you've heard so few stories about people failing. Yeah. So what if you were the one? Oh. <laughs> like, how, how embarrassing would that be? And that's why it's so nerve-wracking and terrifying, because you could be the one that, you know, like, you never hear about it happening. Except for that one time, Sean Tilson failed. <laughs> like I mean, he, <laughs> right? Ooh. I mean, failed Tilson. So that's why it's maybe. Failed yeah, yeah, Sh- yeah. Sean McFailey fail. <laughs> Tilson. Mine was better. No, I guess so. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and
2: when they used to do it, was it open to public?
3: Yeah. So it I think was. So 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 there, your mom and least, dad. Was so, so my that, mom and dad came to my defense. Yeah. So if I, a bunch of. A, a girl I was trying to date came to it. <laughs> we were dating beforehand. and It is complicated. I had a bunch of art friends come.
4: She didn't like your results, so then she broke up with you? Yeah, something
3: like that. <laughs> um, wait, no, wait, wait. But,
4: but did they tell you on the spot whether you pass or
2: not right there? No. Oh, they God.
3: Because then everyone leaves, and then I have to answer questions, and then I leave, and then I come back, and that's when they tell me whether or not I pass. When we come back next
2: day or a couple hours? or
3: In like 15 minutes, maybe, 10 minutes.
2: That's gotta be must be the longest fifteen minutes of your life. I mean No,
3: after I because I knew how I answered the questions. I knew I answered the questions fine. I knew they weren't worried about that, so I knew it was gonna be fine. But yeah, I mean how terrible would it be for all your friends and family to come <laughs> and you to fail. Like that would that would be pretty awful. Yeah. You'd have to kill yourself after that.
2: You know, this whole time I was listening to you guys talk, you know what popped in my head? I would love to see like um Discovery <clears throat> Channel where it's like a reality show, but you have like five or six mathematicians living in one house okay. And what well, I mean guy? that
4: happens pretty commonly. It's not as interesting as you f- Apparently think it is
2: well. Okay. I'm, I'm just one of those weird I just find all this stuff you guys tell me so interesting So,
3: a Bunch of my friends moved in together like five of them and they all took this one We all took this one course at the same sure. time and they lived around the corner from where I was living And so the night before it was due, every time we'd go over for like six hours and we'd work on these assignments. It was that, and that was kind of interesting. And then some of the people who were living there happened to be interesting. One of them was my friend Tim who had a shotgun, and (laughs) uh, he used to fire it out in the backyard into a tree stump. Um, Another friend um, was a buddy. It was in my office, mate, and he... uh, he had a alcohol and cocaine problem and um, I mean so they were interesting for those reasons but not because they were mathematicians oh I don't know I think it, interesting people are interesting although what I would say is given some of the people I know through mathematics I would watch a show about them <laughs> specific living, people about specific house, yeah. people living together. I would oh, yeah. totally watch. So, Certainly, like, if we could pick,
1: yeah, could yeah, pick yeah, yeah. Who gets crammed into this house. So Michael
3: Andrews and Donovan, okay. who lived, <laughs> they live together. They were here last month. They lived together. I would watch a show about them living together with life. What was it? What,
2: what was it about them that is interesting to you? Well,
3: one of them is very hyper. Uh. And the other one is like very sort of calm and soothing, or at least tries to be a lot of the time. Yeah. but
0: also like sardonic. Like yeah, he, like doesn't let anything go.
4: Yeah, let's write a let's
3: write a spec script for it. It will make them live together. <laughs> it has to be them though. Like one of them just always just like, oh yeah, man, oh yeah, it's so great, so great, so great. <laughs> just always like really pumped up. Then who else would we put together? Who else would we make work together? Uh, Gary Busey? Gary Busey, is uh, he was in the house already. Okay, good. He's the character. He comes with the house. He plays the role of Betty White.
4: <laughs> oh, in Hot in, in Hotten, Cleveland? Is yeah, that what yeah. you were... That... <laughs> what a reference. Yeah, Although so... everyone in America will get it, because that was a smash success.
3: <laughs> well, I feel like... Like, she was the only person keeping that show going, which was pretty sad because everyone in the show was a wash up.
4: Well, the premise of that show was that there were a bunch of, like, uh, like cougary women from LA Yeah. who get stuck in Cleveland and suddenly, like, they're I all realized, hotter than a bunch of Midwestern people uh, and they decide to buy a house there yeah. and just stay. But, like, Betty White, for some reason, comes with the house. She's the caretaker. This was I a, remember that. This, this was a TV Land original series,
3: one of two. What was, the three. Other, what was the other one? Happily divorced with do you know this it's it's Fran Dresser. Oh god. And the one of the guys from uh from the from the David Guest movies. Like Best in Show. Okay, yeah. What, what's the plot though? They were married, then they get divorced because the guy's gay, but they're still best friends and they live together.
4: Oh,
3: and then there's another one.
2: How do you find time to watch TV I shows? Don't, I, don't I, watch watch I
3: don't watch these. I don't watch these shows. I watch too much TV. I do not watch these shows. I may have seen an episode of Hot in Cleveland when I was hanging out with my brother and sister. Uh, my sister likes Betty White, I guess. Man, she's okay.
2: She's where, where, like can, uh, where can we find your info? Like a Twitter account or a um, website?
4: I do have a Twitter account. Uh, I do have... I don't even remember. Um, Maddie books. Maddie Maddie M A T T Y underscore books. I think is what it is. Yeah, it changes. I don't know. Um, I change it sometimes, but I think that's what it is presently. Uh, I have a website, which is kind of hard to relay, but um. Or you like, could just Google. Yeah, Matt Pancha. Matt, Matt Pancha Pancha. How does How do you spell last name? P A N C I A. It's Italian for stomach. Um, and you know, I've got a pretty cool website. Uh, it's got it's got the Mortal Kombat MIDI and um, let's see what else, that gif of the... You get uh, a lot of traffic. Yeah, I get a lot of traffic because people want that. And it's got that under construction guy too. So, you know, check that out. Awesome.
2: And in, um, sometime this year you go back to Austin for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And in and, and either Seattle or uh, San Francisco. Oh, I don't know.
4: I, I, might, I might just try to come back here and, and hang out for the rest of the summer. Um, I don't know at this point. My plans are sort of up in the air.
2: And Eric, oh, 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 uh, in both, I mean Matt and Eric, you guys are getting PhDs soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next
4: year, hopefully.
0: Yep, that's the plan. My my website? Yeah. Uh, it's it's whatnot. easiest to Google just Eric Peterson math. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll pop up. There aren't so many Eric Petersons. There's like a Canadian actor and a guitarist for what's the... What's the band? I forgot. We don't know. Oh, we were uh, just no, looking like no, no, we at the
4: other day. It's, it's, I do um, not know the band. It's a metal band. Uh, it's a metal band, but I didn't well, know. Well, fuck it, whatever. Eric Peterson, the
0: guitarist, is not him. Right, right. So you cross those two off, and yeah. you end up with Eric Peterson, the mathematician. And do right. you have a Twitter account, I do? You? Uh, I do. It's called Ring Spectrum.
3: We can we can give you all this
1: information. Yeah, yeah, post it on the internet, a hyperlink,
3: URL. You also run a, blog. HTTP. You wrote a math blog. Oh, sure. we Oh, well, yeah, a
0: math I blog. guess so. Well, Matt and I both contribute to this yes. math blog. I'd be happy to have you contribute something to this math blog. To so the, the math blog is is Uh what? Chrome, Yeah. So so it's supposed to be a, a joke. It's a portmanteau. So we, or at least I, work in chromatic homotopy, and so it's those two words sort of stuck together. So, chrome like chromatic. Yes. And then homotopy like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ah,
3: that was well explained. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can give you. We'll
0: stick it point. in the link. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, thanks. I mean, I uh, appreciate you guys. It's it's almost two hours and ten minutes.
4: Uh, Jeez, uh, the time know. just flies. We didn't even do plugs. Do you, have, do you have plugs? Um. Yeah. Um. I'll be at the Laugh Check uh, next week from five to six. Hey, yeah, you're giving and a talk this Friday. Oh yeah. No, that's true. Actually. Should we plug? No, no. We shouldn't plug my talk. That no. was a, that was a joke. I have no plugs. Oh.
2: Um, yeah, best of luck. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. This this was a really fun. It to was come a here. lot
4: of fun. I enjoy it.
3: I enjoy talking to you each time, Yoshi. Yeah. Did they? do yeah, they? Comp- has
2: anyone contacted you from your
3: podcast or? So actually, um, oh yeah, someone, I met someone who I actually <laughs> know in real life that I didn't tell about this. That sent me a message on Facebook, like you know Yoshi? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Some dude, dude listens I to your do, podcast.
3: Oh no, maybe you know him. He said he ran into you in LA. Because you were always this is, doing this is your friend? This is a guy I know through mathematics. His name's Brian Huang. Um, he he did some open mics. He goes to Caltech. He said he did some open mics and ran into you there. Does he still do stand-up bar? I don't know that he still does stand. I don't think he does it a lot. I mean, if he did it, he didn't do it very much.
2: But he's Chinese American. I think so. Do you know him personally?
3: Yeah, I've met him. On occasion. I met him at the same place I met Eric. I see. Um, but and Eric knows him, too. But he's a stand-up, but he's... He's, he's not a stand-up. He's oh, a graduate he, student, but, but he, he went he to some open mics. I, think, I see. I mean, maybe I don't think he's a stand-up. I don't think he considers himself...
2: Usually, if they're Asian-American, they probably heard me from another one, DVD-ASA. That's the one where... Um, uh, do you know that podcast? No. Okay, so... we have it? to send it to me. DVD-ASA stands for uh, David... And then ASA stands for Asa. Asa Akira is the biggest Asian porn star. Okay. And David stands for David Cho. And he's um, um, his famous last couple of years because um, he did some artwork eight years ago for a place called uh, Facebook. Oh, okay. Instead oh of, that guy. That's, yeah, I used to have a podcast show. So instead of taking sixty grand, he took stocks in Facebook <laughs> and it's worth I don't know, two, three, four hundred yeah, million yeah. Yeah. dollars. He did like a mural on the Facebook yeah.
4: Okay. Headquarters or something took stock options, and now he's like a billionaire or
2: something. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. So that's I used to have, but we we he fired me for the show because we got a big fight last year. what
4: did you get into a fight about? It's, it's a
2: long story, but it's it's in the podcast DVD ASA David and Asa. But DVD ASA also stands for what is it? Double Vash, double Anal, sensitive Artists. That's what it stands for. Oh, <laughs> so
4: um, I have that problem.
2: <laughs> so most Asian. <laughs> uh people probably heard me from that or joe rogan's podcast yeah and um
3: so that's yeah. why i always tell people about you i i show them the youtube video of uh, you explaining why you don't go back to japan
2: oh yeah yeah i yeah. beat a bunch of people there yeah i can't go back <laughs> i mean i could go back i wouldn't have to get out yeah 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 they want me to go back
3: um have you been contacted by the authorities there
2: no that's the funny thing with Japanese, if it's with, if it's a violence against within your family, they really don't want to get in it. But I don't okay. I don't really want to go and find out for myself. Yeah. And also, my friends say, why don't you contact Japanese authority and ask if I'm in trouble? But the very act of acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the Heisenberg principle, whatever you guys call it, very active? Yeah, you know, there's, a, there's
4: yeah. a cat that's gonna pop out and bite you or something. <laughs> that's how
2: it, that's how it works, right? What?
4: what
3: what's that Schoenberg? The
4: cat. Schrodinger cat. cat yeah.
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> I pretend like I can know these things. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, well, it's a guy's I, cat. I do want to go. I do want to go back, but um, I have
3: a. I have to assess you have to wait for all of the police who were police when this happened to die yeah. before you can go back? Like it helps maybe if my stepmother's
2: dead.
4: Okay. Have you considered fuck the police? Because that's, have you, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Are you suggesting he fly back to Japan and
3: often to and perform fuck the sexual fuck acts yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in order to appease?
4: I that's mean, an interesting Yeah, I don't know. I just heard that one time.
3: I,
2: I, I do want to go back, but uh, I will only go if, 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 I have opportunity to do stuff. I I'm willing to go there if, if there is something big enough for me to go back. Yeah. But right now I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it's been such a weird two years. I I got fired from an Evil Angel porn company two years ago. It's been two
3: years and what you one get month.
2: fired for? Um I'm sorry. Were you, you know were why. you too nice? They 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 told me um the guy I've had a problem with, he gave me uh, one reason, it wasn't true, it's a bullshit reason. And then um, the owner of the company tried to get me back, but when I find out they were lying about me. Uh, yeah. I've, I have, I've had jobs where I broke somebody's arm, so I have that kind of temper. So I knew if I go back,
1: yeah, I would, I would okay. have done something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a bad situation. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and uh, I don't I take don't that stuff lightly. So anyway, I I don't. I worked in dope business for 14 years. Um, Last 25 months, I've been to 30 different states, (laughs) Europe two or three times, the Middle East twice, Afghanistan twice. And I went from working for Batman to help my friend Afghanistan to send girls to Oxford. So you know, I went from porn to that. You know. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, uh, are you happy with that transition? I mean I wasn't I mean I didn't plan to, but like you know just like me, me meeting you like yeah. what normal circumstances would I have met you? Uh, you were cool enough after the show to talk to me sure, even yeah. though I discussed with most of the people in the audience.
3: No, you I liked your set. My favorite one, I can't remember what the joke was. My favorite part was you ball. said it was some it was some anti-Semitic oh. joke. And then there was like a groan in the audience and right away you're like, oh, come on, they love that joke in Germany. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what the joke <laughs> <They do>. was. <laughs> that's, that, that, I, I really like that. Is that I, the like joke? That's not the joke. <laughs> that should be the joke. I mean, that's what I thought the joke was.
2: But I'm I'm very grateful. You know, I was able to try. I'm running out of money, but I'm very grateful. I've been to all those places in the last yeah. few years, and uh, I got a couple of shows coming up. I'm working a couple of shows, so it's not a lot of money, but uh, I'm very grateful. Like for me to meet you guys and to come places like that. You know, I've been to Gangbang, to UC Berkeley. You know, yeah. I, I, I From I, one extreme to yeah, the other. one extreme to another. I, really, I.
3: I, I <laughs> Wait, is there a gang bang? Floor yeah, this yeah, right corner? after. Oh, there's a gangbang in this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're waiting outside. There's like
4: they've been peeking their head at every two in every. In that
2: applied Math Department,
4: right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but the, but thanks for the food. pigeonhole principle. <laughs> but, but but I don't get the is that an inside joke? <laughs> the pigeonhole principle <laughs> is a thing. The point is, it's it's a dumb thing. Suppose yeah. that you have like uh, a bunch like five boxes yeah. and six pigeons. Well then you have to put two pigeons in one box that's going to have to happen because you have six yeah, sticks yeah yeah if you have that happened, yeah,
3: <laughs> that happens in porn yeah right?
4: it's a numbers game man it's a numbers game pigeons <laughs> I, I think
2: next time i need to sit down and figure out how much of your discipline could be applied to porn
3: um <laughs> really? that would be that would be an interesting what s- different knots can you tie this woman into with oh. still have things <laughs> exposed i do declare
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, well gentlemen, thanks and uh, um, after this and I'll email you m- numbers and stuff. But yeah. anytime if you're in LA or if okay. you if you happen to be in some place with a comedy club, and uh, you let me know, if I know the community, I'll try to get to one. Oh, but, awesome. Nice. But yeah, it's... it's um, um, it was a pleasure. Uh, who yeah, knows, maybe, maybe maybe you guys would be an um, uh, advisor in the entertainment business. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know. I mean, sure.
3: I'm hilarious. Yeah, so. Matt is pretty funny. Yeah. He's my funniest friend with the last name Pancha. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's fair. Okay, fair that's enough. Would yeah, yeah. you say the same, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, see? Great. So well, you
4: nailed know, I'm glad. This, I have good self-esteem now. <laughs>
3: all
2: right, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, I, uh, Matt, Eric, and John. thank you very much. And uh, I hope to see you guys soon.
1: you.